Love Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Coming to you live here at noon Central Standard Time. On that being said, our 10th year going on, and guys, we've got it big today. And I'm going to tell you the reason why, because we're going to break down two of, well, let me get to that in a second. We're going to, we are going to break down the NFC and the AFC North today. Big divisions in football because of Cuervo, obviously, as far as the NFC North is concerned, his Chicago Bears. Where does he think they will be? And then you have the AFC, where in the North you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the most
better call somebody. Sonny, my friend, if you can hear me, you're on mute, I think. I didn't hear. I haven't heard any, a word from you. How is that? Now I can hear you, Sonny. How you doing? Uh, my, my, I somehow unplugged my my mixer by my foot, evidently. So uh, I'm glad you're here. I guess we'll just start the show here. I wasn't talking about much, so we're all set and ready to go. So, you know, two-week break. I mean, last week, nothing to talk about. I know you wanted to talk last week about the Chicago Bears, but here we are. And now we're all set and ready to talk about the NSA North. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Sonny. Any, any day that we talk about my Chicago Bears, it's going to be a great day. So that that being said, that's what we're going to do. And, and actually, folks, we're going to start off right with it because this – out of all of the divisions of football – these two were the hardest ones uh, that I actually did a little bit more work than I normally do on them because, well, first of all, it's the Chicago Bears, so I don't want to make a stupid bad prediction against a big Chicago Bear fan. And I'm a Bear fan, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, so, uh, so you want to make sure you get that right. But the, NF- the AFC North is another division of football that's really tough. So, But we're going to do it. We're going to start off NFC North. And, of course, we've got four teams in this division, uh, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, and, of course, the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, I told you, Cuervo, I had some revelations in football, and I'm going to start with one of them. Because just looking at the NFC North, okay, you looked at those teams that were in there, you're looking at a football squad, all four of them. If you said that they would make the playoffs, I don't think anybody would, should or would be surprised that. And, yes, even the Detroit Lions making the playoffs, I don't think it's a great big shocker or am I completely wrong in my revelation or do you think there's just three teams that are just don't even have a chance of making the playoffs? <clears throat> I, think, I think at least – I would say two teams will probably make it out of the North. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a third team that does it, but I could see two. No, I'm talking about the the potential of all four of the teams making the playoffs. Not at the same time, but when you look at it and go, well, you know, the Bears, I mean, geez, they should make the playoffs. Uh, Green Bay, they got Aaron Rodgers, of course. And Minnesota, I mean, they got – you know, depending on what you think about Kirk Cousins, but they got a strong defense. And if Matthew Stafford can mm-hmm. put it together, I mean, I was looking at all four of them, and if anybody said any of those four teams would have made the playoffs, it's not going to completely shock me. More so than when you mm-hmm. look at the AFC East, you only look at the Patriots and you look at the other three teams, and these guys are not going to make the playoffs. They're not a snowball chance in hell. Um, and this is one of the divisions I looked at and said, it wouldn't shock me if any of one of all four of these teams would make the playoffs. Now I understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, the one that's obviously farthest away would be, in my opinion, is the Detroit Lions, just because I think that offensively, a lot of people are in love with Matthew Stafford and what he can do. Um, but 
when you don't have any playmakers on your football team, that creates big time problems. On top of that, I think I think the Lions still need some work defensively. Um, the only way I think that Detroit would have a chance to make the playoffs would be if Stafford had a. And when I say monster, I mean like like a record breaking season. It, it would take a record breaking season by Matthew Stafford for the Lions to have a, a chance to make the playoffs. So looking at last year's standing in the NFC North, let's start there as the Chicago Bears did win this division. And not only that, they won it easily. They won by four games. They were 12-4 and four on the season, followed by the Vikings, who were 8-7, and seven, could have very easily been 7-8 and eight in week number uh, 17. And the Packers, 6-9, and nine, and uh, by the way, 8-7-1, and one, by the way. And then the Packers, 6-9-1, followed by the Detroit Lions, 6-10, and, and so 6-10 and 10 on the season. So those were the standings last year. So now... Let's roll over to Cuervo because I know he has them, and I just don't. So uh, let's go to the NFC predictions of last year from Pouch and Cuervo. Who had what and where and why? All right, Sonny. So um, uh, we both we both were a little off the mark on, on the NFC North last year. Okay. So, Sonny, you had the Detroit Lions finishing last in the division last year, which I think that I think is I what happened. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You had uh, you had Minnesota finishing third. Um, <clears throat> you had the Bears finishing second, and you had the Green Bay Packers winning this division. So, okay. Um, that was obviously wrong from first yeah. to third. Completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, it gets better. My predictions were that the Bears were going to finish fourth. I I had the Bears finishing last. I just didn't think that they were going to click that fast like they did. I knew the defense wow. was going to be superb. Uh, offensively, though, I still thought that Mitch Trubisky had a lot of work to do. But I tell you, the, the improvements that he made last year, Sonny, uh, I mean, as a Bears fan, obviously, nothing, nothing you know, <clears throat> excited me more over the season than to see the, the growth of Trubisky as a quarterback. So... But that being um, that's said, really... Cuervo, with you picking them last, when we did these predictions, that move to move Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears did not happen. So I can't necessarily hold that against you. Yeah. No, trust me. When we were doing these predictions, it's not like I was like, well, you know, they might trade for Khalil Mack, so uh, maybe I'll move him to third. Yeah. Like, it just didn't happen. So there was no – possible thought in my head that he was going to be a Chicago Bears. So, yeah, that yep. obviously changed a whole lot. The the emergence of Eddie Jackson at free safety, um, yep. obviously. And on top of that, I mean, the, you look at this rookie season that Roquan Smith had. I mean, it, it, you know, everybody was comparing him to Brian Erlacher after, after yeah. you know, his rookie season, how well Erlacher played his rookie season. So, Everything, all the all the chips um, were towards you know the Chicago Bears, if that makes sense. Like everything went right for them last year, especially on the defensive side. Um, yeah, and then offensively, you know things things happened. Um, you know, Terry Cohen uh, kind of emerged 
Uh, he's a pro bowler now. Jordan Howard did what, you know, what he did for the Bears last year. Now he's, now he's moved on to Philadelphia. Um, so, you know, things, things went a lot better than expected overall for the Bears. Uh, so, I, uh, I had them last. I just didn't think it was going to happen that quick. So, right. uh, I had the Packers finishing third just because of all the issues that we talked about last year with Rodgers and, and, uh, and the uh, offensive line problems. I had Detroit finishing second. I think, I think I bought into Matt Patricia a little bit more than most people did. I thought Probably. he was going to turn this defense around uh, faster than, than um, how it actually came out. Uh, so that's why I had Detroit second. And then I had the Minnesota Vikings winning just because, you know, to follow up last, you know, the year before making the NFC championship game, uh, it just looked like Minnesota was, was on the move uh, to, to get to the next level. All they needed was a quarterback and, you know, Kirk Cousins comes along and I bought into the hype. I'll admit it. Uh, our Kirk Cousins, Sonny tried to talk me out of it. I know he tried to talk me out of it. And, uh, you know, I got I got suckered into the Kirk Cousin hype, and uh, but you know, Kirk that's Cousin why I had the Minnesota Vikings winning. Yeah, <laughs> the eighty-four so, million dollar man. Yes, and hey, hey, no. Hey, by the way, I'm not going to question the fact what he did in order to make his money. I mean, he did what he needed to do, and not only that, they had a sucker. I mean, the team to pay him, so that ended up working mm-hmm. out pretty well for him as far as the pocketbook was concerned. But of course, um, unfortunately, did not work out for them in the standings. But um, it, as far as the playoffs were concerned, they were eight and seven and one. The one loss was big. And if they could have won one more of the game of the seven that they lost, they could have been in the playoffs. So uh, lots of things that are going on for that football team uh, last year as far as the Minnesota Vikings were concerned. So that leads us to this year. And I go back because, I, you know, I keep going back in my brain just about the revelation that I had. That I honestly think that if one of these four teams make the playoffs this hour, maybe even two, it wouldn't surprise me that any of them, would not make the playoffs. It would not shock me. But um, the uh, simple fact of the matter is that's not the way it's going to happen. We all know that. So that being said, then we got to go to the simple fact of the matter is, is that what are you going to do in order to make the playoffs? And that's where it's going to come down to for four teams in quite possibly the most toughest division of football uh, to get it done. So, that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. We do it this way. We start with Sonny's pick of the fourth position. And and I'm going to tell you, I had to battle myself, this one, Cuervo. This one here really, really bothered me. It was tough. Now, I think the top two, I, I have no doubt about. It's three and four, and what order they're going to go in. So basically what I'm going to say, here's revelation number two. I think that the injury to Aaron Rodgers' shoulders of having to carry this football team each and every year, getting all the money that he should have got for the years before, all up on top of it, had killed the Green Bay Packers. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers, per se, killed the, the, the Packers. I'm saying management killed the Packers, and this is the reason why. 
Number one, there's twofold. Number one, you should have paid Aaron Rodgers a lot of money a long time ago, and you chose not to. You had many opportunities to bring this guy on extension and make him the biggest paid quarterback in the NFL. And the Green Bay Packers dropped the ball there, Cuervo. Big time drop of the ball. And not only that, that goes to the big time drop of the ball of number two. Where is the defense on this football team? Because it's non-existent. Okay, now, I know people are saying right now, Sonny, what kind of what are you taking? You're picking the Green Bay freaking Packers with Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback quite possibly in the NFL, finishing last in this division. Absolutely. And I, I know how it sounds, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't feel comfortable with the Green Bay Packers um, the moving forward or even being in – uh, in third place, which I'm not sure where Cuervo has the Packers, but I think I'm the only one that has the Packers in fourth place in this division. I think this is the year, Cuervo, we can see that all the pressure of Aaron Rodgers trying to win a football game with absolutely nobody is going to take a toll. Although they have some good pieces, but they never seem to have the pieces together at all times because of injury or whatever the case may be, and where not all the, the pieces to the puzzle that would make them successful would be out on the football field all at the same time, Cuervo. I have no, when I looked at it and I examined it, Cuervo, I am going, um, what are we going to do here? How are we going to pick the Green Bay Packers to finish better than fourth place? Yes, I know. I know how insane that sounds, Cuervo. Well, Sonny, um, <clears throat> if there's a uh, like a, a train or a, you know a bandwagon that I can hop on for this uh, Packers finishing last. Uh, movement, uh, allow, <laughs> allow, allow me to hop. Yeah, allow me to hop on. There's room for you, Cuervo. There's room for you. I appreciate that. Heck yeah. Well, I'm I'm on it. And listen, it's not about me being a Packer hater. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. This is the first time I've actually picked the Packers to finish last in this division. You're picking the Packers, Cuervo. I thought, hey, Cuervo, this is unbelievable because I'm going to tell you right now. I really thought that I had the Ted Koppel moment out of. All of them. I thought that I was going to break something completely. And and by the way, just to let everybody know, we did not get together and talk about our rankings before this show, Cuervo. Um, so the fact that you're pick- picking the Green Bay Packers, the MVP of this show, and last, now I don't feel so crazy, foolish, I- I- idiotish. Um, or, or any other you know words that you could describe my stupidity of picking the Green Bay Packers. Now I don't feel so dumb. Look, no, Sonny, and it's not dumb. And I'll tell you why. A lot of people are so caught up in, in the whole Aaron Rodgers factor, and I get it. Look, he's been arguably the best quarterback of the past, what, seven, eight years, right? Absolutely. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, can, we can debate that all day. So when we put him in a position – that is not superior to most teams, uh, it's going to sound crazy. See, but here's the thing. There's a difference between you and I and most of other people. We don't get caught up in names. We, we look That's at these true. things. We break it down. Okay? We look at 
these teams for what they truly are. If you can't get past the Aaron Rodgers factor and really take a close look at what this Green Bay Packers team has to offer, which isn't much, then you can sit there and you can tell yourself, you know what? Packers are not as good as we think. And here, here's the thing. Since Mike McCarthy got fired, what has happened to this yep. team? It's fallen apart. It has it fallen is. apart. Wheels, wheels are flying off it. Cuervo. It's not just exactly. one wheel, it's two and three, and they're trying to roll on one. And that's Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, and we've talked about that for years now, where they've been riding his coattails so hard that the guy's going to have to have, you know, he's going to have to have a hip replacement. You know, if you could replace your back, yep. he would probably need one of those Shoulders from carrying having, having to carry. Yeah, exactly. And you know, things have not improved. You know, the front office has changed. The coach, the head coaching has changed. So all these changes that has happened up in Green Bay, look, I don't care if you had Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, John Elway, Joe Montana, all in one quarterback, okay? That one guy is not going to be able to turn a whole franchise around overnight. So what I'm saying is it's going to get worse for the Packers before it gets better because they have not established, they have not established uh, a foundation, a new foundation in green Bay yet. You know, this, this, this new head coach that they have, we don't, this is his first head coaching job. We don't know what he's, what he plans to bring to the table, you know, new GM. We don't know, or new kind of new, uh, he, has shown nothing that he is a competent GM and is making this Packers roster better. If Absolutely. anything, it's, it's worse because they go they they go from Ha Ha Clinton Dix to Adrian Amos. And look, if you've listened if you've listened to the show and Cuervo, you four years thirty six million too, by the way, for him. Right. Uh, and do I think he's a nine million dollar safety? Uh, uh. Not really. And look, as a bear, as a even as a Bears fan, if I don't you think listen so, to this Jim. show closely, if you listen to this clo- show closely, I've never been the biggest Adrian Amos fan. I never was. Even though I liked him, yeah, I liked mm-hmm. even though he was a Bear, I liked him. Yep. But what do I? Is it at the level that I I am a fan of like a, a Eddie Jackson? That guy is a, he's a monster. Um, no, yeah, never did I have that much love for uh, Adrian Amos like I do for Eddie Jackson. So, with that being said, um, I think the Bears got the better deal. They get the they get the better safety for cheaper. I'll take yep. it every time. Brian Pace, keep yep. doing your thing, buddy. Um, so evidently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if anything, this Packers roster has gotten worse over the past two to three years, Sonny. You know, yeah. uh, Randall Cobb is gone. He's in Dallas now. Yep. Uh, Jordy Nelson left two years ago. They don't have a running game. They still have offensive yep. line issues. Clay Matthews, who is arguably the leader of the defense, he's a Ram now. He's out here in Southern California. Oh, that so, was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. I, I'm telling you, Chuck, that's what I'm trying to say. For you Packer fans, look. You can you can bash me all you want, send all the emails to Sonny. Oh, get that 
Bears lover off your off your show. No, I'm just being real. Like there's there's nothing that the pa- the Packers. I'm telling you, the Packers are going to be lucky to win six games this year, Sonny. They're going to be lucky. I, well, I, I don't know if I hear. Yeah, I, I don't I'm telling know. you, they're going to win six it, games. I, 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 and it it shouldn't surprise anybody in reality because let's all you got to do is take a look at some of the numbers, Cuervo. All right, this is the reason why. If you look at the offensive numbers, points per game, the Packers were tied at 14 at the 14th spot. Not not great, not bad, but not great. I mean, it, but you know, respect. Total passing yards per game, they were 12th. This is Aaron freaking Rodgers, 12th. Are you kidding me? And then passing yards per game, he was ninth. They were ninth. Uh, and then turnovers, they were second. Okay, that's the offense. Okay, now, if you look at it as a whole, you go, well, you know, that's not horrible. It's not great. But the problem is, even though that that's not horrible, you know, you know, it's not great, but it's not horrible, you look at the defensive side of the ball in the same numbers. Cuervo, let me tell you something. Points per game, this team was 22nd. They were the 22nd worst team of giving up points in the NFL. That's not going to get you a playoff spot. Total yards per game, they were 18th. They were 18th of giving up yards in that. Now, that's better than I actually thought it was. I thought that would have been in the 20s. You know, I thought that would be more. But it wasn't. But passing yards per game was 12th. And then the big one, not creating turnovers on the defensive side of the ball, they were tied for 29th. So when you take the offense that, yeah, you know, it's not too bad, and you look at the shipwreck that is the defense, there's no question that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be able to get the job done. And like you said, on the defensive side of the ball, they go get Adrian Amos. Is that an upgrade? Hell, I don't know. But $9 million? You're right, Cuervo. you got to ask yourself the question. Then they get the linebacker, Preston Smith. They signed him for a four-year, $52 million uh, uh, deal. Um, and then you got to take a look at some of the uh, the uh, picks that they got. Okay. Now, now they get these guys for free, but remember, these are rookies. The running back, uh, Gray, with the 12th pick, and Darnell Savage with the 21st pick. The Darnell Savage is a safety, and Gray is a running back. You look at the rest of the whole thing, then you add in the fact that you have a guy with no NFL head coaching experience and at best was a good indoor football coach because he, he coached the uh, Omaha Beef at one point. Um, so you've got the new coach. You have Devontae Adams the, uh, on the wide receiver. So that is good. That's the one-two punch. But guess what? All they got to do is double them up. Who else is Aaron Rodgers going to get the ball to? And that is the big, big problem. And I don't care how much Randy Moss goes and tries to help the Green Bay Packers and their wide receivers. It won't matter because the simple fact of the matter is they are not going to be able to score enough points in order to win football games with their defense as bad as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is bad, Sonny. I mean, I don't know too much about Darnell Savage. Um, I do know that he's, you know, he's he's got a good nose for the ball. Um, but he's going up against. Yeah, in college. He's he going up against the, the big we'll boys see. now. Exactly. I mean, he's going to have to go twice a year. Or actually, well, 
total of six times against Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks in the division alone. Yep. So, you know, say what you want about Cousins. I, I know, I know you make fun of him a lot, Sonny. But he he is a Pro Bowler. He he was a Pro Bowler. Um, so he has that ability to really, you know, be a, a, a better one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah. So, with that said, we'll see if he can trick those those level of quarterbacks into making bad decisions and, and creating turnovers like he did in college. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see if it, we'll see if it happens. I got nothing against it. It's just I thought I thought for where he got picked, I thought it was a little high, but um, it was a need for the Packers, so I'll give them that much. At least they drafted something that they needed. Yes. So. So that yeah, but here here's the main part about the Green Bay Packers outside of Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and I'm saying outside because this guy's an Iron Man. Okay. He has to be. He's got to care. He's got to make sure he doesn't get a shoulder injury. He's he, you know hobbled up all the time. This guy makes plays, so you got to give him that. You can't disrespect him. But the rest of the team, the Green Bay Packers are a soft football team. How many injuries did they go through last year? Cuervo is unbelievable, and that was just on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, they lost so many people. They're lucky they didn't lose Aaron Rodgers for, you know, long periods of time. So, and then it, it could have even got worse. Um, but I, I do. I blame, I, blame the, I blame management for not paying this guy. They knew who they had years ago. They should have just paid him outrageous money a long time ago so they could get him some weapons. And they don't have any weapons. If the weapon is only Aaron Rodgers, he may trip into the playoffs, but he's going to get tripped up in the playoffs and not make it any further. They need better personnel out on the football field, and they don't have it. And that's why I had them at number four on the list. Now, anything else that you wanted to hop on Green Bay about? Because I'm ready to shoot on to the next one, uh, who I think is third. Anything else that you see in the Green Bay Packers you want to yak about? Not really, Sonny. I mean, I think we covered all the main points, just, you know, not yep. really improving the roster too much. Uh, the issues at the front office, you know, all the other Rodgers situation. So I think we, yeah, yeah, all, all those little things that kind of factor into when teams have bad seasons. Yeah, and that, that's one of the questions that I had to ask when I was doing this this division. Tough. I mean, crazy to think that the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers would be finishing last in this division. Um, you know, for Green Bay fans, for Aaron Rodgers, I hope I'm wrong. But I, I just, it's the only way I have to see it. But, that having been said, that's the name of this show. We're going to move on to the number third spot, and then after we cover this, we'll take our first break. But this one was a tough. Sonny almost pulled out the couch potato quarter and flipped this one. I almost flipped it. Because I didn't think that the one of these next two teams, the second, uh, the third and fourth place team, I think are going to make it up and over the the mountain. And I had to, I, I just looked at it and I had to ask myself a couple of questions. And you look at quarterbacks, who's the better quarterback? Great. I think the teams that I have at third and four, they got about the same quarterback. So then I take the next step. Okay. 
when I'm figuring teams, not offense, because the next step is offensive line. But that's part of what's going on, and this is the reason why I picked it. All right, I I can't believe I'm even going to go here, but I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in fourth posi- our third position in this division. I'm going to tell you the reason why. It is not because of the fun that I have with Aaron Rodgers or uh, with uh, Kirk Cousins. Okay, I have a lot of fun with him, J.O., and I do not think he is the best quarterback. I don't think he's the worst uh, quarterback in the, uh, by, by far. I, I do think that he's overrated for the money he's making, and that's the only reason why I play a lot with a guy like him. Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback, and when, when and if he gets you to the playoffs, I don't think he ever has, but if he had, they got knocked out in the first round. I don't remember the specifics. But this guy is not a guy that's able to lead you. And that's the problem with the Minnesota Vikings. It's not because the Minnesota Vikings are not the badass, okay? I mean, you look at one of the things that they need to do if they're going to be successful is go back to the 2017 campaign on the defensive side of the ball because last year, I'm going to just tell you right now, when you looked at that as an overhaul compared to the 2017 season, it wasn't anywhere near the 2017 season. Now, was that because the head coach had eyesight problems? And I'm not joking. He actually had a detached retina or something like that to where he could not see the games. Now he's healthy. That's a big thing. But the only problem I look at is is that they go and they do one of the things that I, you know, they need to go back in time, Cuervo. They need to go find the DeLorean, and they need to go back where they did not go ahead and bring in Gary Kubiak as your offensive coordinator. This right here is one of the things that when I was figuring out because when you look at the Minnesota Vikings, you're talking about a lot of things. They got De- Del- Delvin Cook, who's going to be back from injury, Cuervo, right? Uh, you take a look uh-huh. at um, some of the other things, um, where it is. So you got Kirk Cousins. He needs to have a balanced offense. And if you have a healthy Delvin Cook, that would help. The defense, you know, you know, can or maybe get better. Maybe we'll check in that. But here's the problem. Points per game, they were ninth. Total yards, they were fourth. In sacks, they, uh, as far as get, giving up sacks, they give up the third most, okay? And then they are tied at 16 for their, for their um, turnover rate sale. So when I looked at these numbers, I looked at Kirk Cousins not as a goofball and an easy target for Sonny Clark to make fun of because I'm really good at that. Um, I, I looked at this team overall, and I looked at this, this Cuervo, the deciding factor on the reason why I had the Vikings in third place in this division was their schedule. It is not just, it's not just hard. It's freaking brutal. Okay. They start off with Atlanta, Green Bay, Oakland, Chicago. They only get a break with the Giants, then Philly, then in division with Detroit, then Washington, Kansas City, Dallas, Denver, if you want to call that a break then Seattle, and then the last two weeks of the season, Cuervo, they turn around, they get Detroit, um, and, and, and then the Bears. Uh, uh, hold on. Um, or, or hold on. They get Detroit, then the Chargers, then the last two weeks are Green Bay and Chicago. That, that, that schedule is brutal. And the problem when you don't have a consistent quarterback like a Kirk Cousins, okay, is, is that you're not going to – 
get those victories that you think you should end up getting in the end because it will be a Kirk Cousins mistake. It will be a Kirk Cousins turnover. It will be a fumble, a bad pass that goes right into the defense's hand, and they go, oh, God, I wish I could have that one back. Please drop it. And that's what the – and when I looked at it, I, because I wanted them to be fighting for first or second place in this division, Cuervo, I don't see it right now because of because of those things I have the Minnesota Vikings in third place in this division. Yeah, Sonny, um I, I I don't have Minnesota in third. I have them in second. Um just because I think that the defense can bounce back. Um you know, I, I wasn't even factoring in the whole Mike Zimmer thing, which which is crazy. I, I forgot about all that stuff and, you know, right. hopefully he has recovered from the from the uh, you know eyesight injury or whatever it was that he had. But uh, I, I just think overall, I just think the defense is good for them to not help back. If that makes sense. Um, yes, I think that I think that they're gonna they're gonna be back to what they were two years ago, and um, you know, I think that's gonna help a lot, even with the brutal schedule. Um, so, you know, with that said, it, it really is going to depend on Cousins. I, it, it, you know, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside on him, it, it, how well they are uh, this season is going to definitely depend on Cousins. And it, it's not just a blanket statement that I'm making. What I mean by that is, you know, obviously of him being the leader of the uh, of the team, or he's supposed to be the leader of the team, uh, right. I think – I think last year there were some moments where guys kind of looked at Cousins like, you know, who does this guy think he is? Like the whole Adam Thielen thing. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Towards the end of the yes. season where he's he's like the little video, the little video of him showing Adam Thielen how to run a route, and Thielen's looking at him was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, like I, I'm I'm the star receiver of this team. You're you're not you. So. Yeah, you know, but it's it's little things like that. I think I think Cousins, you know, has to learn uh, that he can't fix everything. He can only do his part, uh, and that's a right. maturity thing. So I think I, I'm going to give Cousins the benefit of doubt, and I'm going to say that he does kind of grow from those mistakes that he made last year. Um, and I think Minnesota will be back on track. So I, I like them to finish second. I just think that overall that their talent is, is too good to, you know, not get better or stay the same. I agree. What they, they were got last year. a bunch of talent. They, the Cuervo, they, they do. They have a bunch of talent. There's no question about it. But last year we didn't see it put together. So this is the year that they got to develop that chemistry was not there this year. They were all over the place. Let's just be honest. When you look at Minnesota and what they were doing, they were just all over the place, whether it was Kirk Cousins, whether it was the fact that they didn't have a running game. Hey, they need to run the football, Cuervo. And and I'm going to tell you right now, if they do not get a running game, they're going to be huge. But what happens then, you know, just a few days ago, uh, Rock Thomas, he gets suspended. All right, so that that so all of a sudden they got a trip up right there with Rock Thomas. Okay, so mm-hmm. what I mean, trying to duplicate or trying to get back to 2017, they needed Rock Thomas. That didn't happen. So 
Um, they're they're going to have to figure out what they're going to have to do about that whole situation. This is because of dr- a drug possession charge that happened, um, and uh, and all the the drugs were found in his apartment. So this guy's got to go. So you got to you got to take care of the problem child, which is you know Rock Thomas. I mean, sorry, he is. Um, but um, then they got to make sure they get some of the injuries guys back, and that, those are huge things for them. Is making sure that you get the guys that you expected to be out on the football field and stay out on the football field, because that's one of the other problems as well is keeping the team healthy. And in this division, I call it the black and blue division of football for a reason, Cuervo, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. These defenses Mm -hmm. on these football teams, they are brutal to offensive players. And then you've got to play them twice. Okay, so you've got six games in the – yeah, six games within this division where you're going to have knockdown dragouts, and I don't think they're ready for it. And – you know, as far as Minnesota is concerned, they have the they have the goods to get the job done. Right now, with them being as way off as they were yesterday, Cuervo, and then the off season, they better learn to love each other real well. They better find that chemistry because I'm actually worried about them. You know, in this in this division, it could have been very easily for me to flip. Minnesota and Green Bay and last. It really could have. But I think that they're able to put it together a little bit better um, than, than the Green Bay Packers. And that's because of enthusiasm. I, I can make fun of Kirk Cousins all day long, Cuervo, but this guy does bring mm-hmm. an enthusiasm that you know, I think is actually almost unmatched at the quarterback position. This guy is intense. This guy does think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, even though he's obviously not. But to try to tell him any differently, you're not going to be able to do it. That is actually a good thing. And when I looked at the football team, Cuervo, I looked at the quarterback as being the best part of the football team, and that scared me with it being for Cousins. <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, Sonny, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with having the confidence like a Kirk Cousins. You want that. Like you said, you want that with your quarterback. Right. You want them to believe that they are the best. And to add the enthusiasm that he brings every Sunday on top of that, it's contagious. And, yeah. and I think once he learns how to use that emotion and channel it to the rest of the team, I agree. then I think that's when you can say, okay, watch out for the Minnesota Vikings. But – I agree. Cousins is still still kind of young. Um, maybe he hasn't learned that aspect yet to, you know, be a leader as in not just making himself better every day, but making everyone else better. And and Absolutely. I'm not talking about showing Thielen how to run routes either. I'm talking about spending the time, the effort uh, to to work on routes with these guys, you know, with the Stephon Diggs. Work on your timing. You know, that's what made I agree. the legends the legends that they that they were. The first, you know, when, when whenever Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, whenever those guys get a new receiver on the team, first thing they ask, hey, you want to go work on some routes? Let's go work on some you routes. You want to know why? Because you want to know why? Because they understand. I mean, yes, yes, the respect is there too, but. You know, you have to start somewhere, Sonny. You know, 
Peyton Manning didn't come out of the womb and be like, oh, he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, like, he did. They had to start somewhere. And, and, <laughs> and it, yeah, well, yeah, he is the exception, I guess, right? Yeah, but, he might uh, no, be. Uh, but uh, look, you, he, that, those guys had to learn that that's what it takes to separate the good from the great, the great from the legendary, the legendary from the iconic, and the iconic from the, from the historic. So, you know, once you learn those lessons and you understand that just getting by every day is not going to be enough, then that's the results you're going to continue to get. And you have to challenge Absolutely. yourself every day in, in this in this you know NFL uh, that that we all love to watch. You know, as as a player, those guys got to understand that just being average or doing the bare minimum, it's, it's you're you're gonna you put in minimum work, you're gonna you're gonna get minimum results. So yeah, that's um, that's how I see it. Yeah, and. and I, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm worried about the, the Vikings because I want them to be better. I want the Minnesota Vikings to win this division. Matter of fact, when I sat down and I was like, all right, give me a reason not to pick them to win this division. And the list just kept growing, Cuervo. And that, that's the thing that worries me about the, the Minnesota Vikings. The list keeps getting longer and longer. And, you know, and, but when yeah, you think about it, Cuervo, it, the only good that I've seen is in this division last two years. The Vikings are three zero and one against Green Bay. Okay, that was the deti- that was the determining factor on who I picked between last place and fourth place. In reality, when I looked at it, Cuervo, they're three zero and one against Green Bay. And, I mean, that's you know that's a big thing though. That, that's, that's a big I mean, thing, but when reason. you're not doing, when you're not getting those numbers against the other two teams in the division, that's where you come into problems. You're not getting that with Detroit because Detroit's been able to keep up with them, and they're not getting it from Chicago because it's an action drag Kyle. Even and, and by the way, Gary Kubiak is not a great pickup for this football team. He is just not. And you know, I have heard great things about him, but I also know the game has passed him by. He's already proved that. You know, as a head coach. Now, is it better that he's not a head coach and he's just concentrating on one side of the ball? Yes. But that doesn't mean that the game hasn't passed him by, and that's another reason why I had him there. So you look at that whole thing, the schedule. Oh, my God. They just had so many things, you know, blocked up against them. I do like their defense. Um, and if they do get the defense, to start playing as a unit, a defensive unit, not just a bunch of singular guys out there. If they can somehow mm-hmm. transport back to 2017, it's going to be hard to beat this football team. But that schedule, especially early, is so brutal that I don't know if they're going to be able to get over that. So it was one of those things when picking this division, um, you know, you have four solid football teams and it's more so teams like the teams that are in the NFC North are, are teams that can beat the New England Patriots because the New England Patriots will try to finesse it but when they play up against you know bumps and bruises football teams they have a hard time it's the reason why they have a hard time beating Miami you know in Miami it's the reason why the Tennessee Titans will beat them every once in a while when they have no damn business doing it. Um, and that's just within their own division of football. Um, so uh, knock down, drag out football teams, you know, 
definitely what you get all in this division, and that's the reason why I had them there. So, um, anything else on Minnesota that you wanted to go to? I was actually going. I'm going to go to break. Um, so, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as the Minnesota Vikings were concerned? Um, honestly, Sonny, no. I think. I mean, who do they have in the first round? Did they have a first round pick? Crap. I Green can't Bay? remember now. Hold on, hold on. Minnesota. I have that list. Hold on, I do. Hold Minnesota. on. I have I wrote it I wrote it down. I think I barely talked about it if I talked about it at all. No, actually that was on a different team that I put the uh I don't know who I don't know off of uh, top of it. I do know they they got Delvin Cook back. Let's see here. Uh defense uh, I no, I did not write down their, their picks in the draft. Um, which tells me they weren't. It probably wasn't much, but I it did not pay a lot of attention to their draft picks. Yeah, I can't remember. It must not have been a very uh, uh, like impact type player because I would have remembered, you know, like yeah, like Green Bay drafting Savage. I, I know that because he has the potential to be an impact player for the Packers. Um, you know, the Lions. We'll talk about them. You know, the tight end that they drafted, but. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, Sonny, I think, I think that we really, you know, we said everything I think we had to say about the Vikings. They just, yep. you know, they just, they just need to click that, that they need to get yep. back to, like you said, 2017, they got to click as a unit. And if that happens, then, oh, uh, as a Bears fan, I'm, yeah, it could I'm change a little nervous. The whole, the whole setting of this division. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It change the whole setting of this division. And that'd be very interesting to see how far it will end up going. So that's what we're going to do then. We're going to take our first break. That will take us up to the top of the hour here of our first hour. One in the books. We've got two left to go, and we got two teams left in the NFC North. Then we're going to hit the AFC, which is yet another division of football that is tough. We're actually going to – I'm supposed to message Steel City Storm when we're going to talk about this, uh, the Steelers. He'll give us a different look on them depending on where we think that they're going to end up in the division. So we'll bring in Steel City Storm um, when we start talking to AFC North. So what we'll do now is we'll take our first break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show when we come back. The team I think is going to finish second in this division, Cuervo already knows it. We'll do that here on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, we'll be right back. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. 
This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com.
everybody, this is Frank White with Kansas City Raws, and you're listening to the Couch Potato Radio Show. Here on Blog Talk Radio. What's wrong with your ass? Uh, 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 oh. What we've got here is failure to communicate. By Anaconda, don't want none unless you got buns on. Hour number two of the Couch Potato Sports Show continues here. And I'm going to tell you, it's a tough division of football, the NFC North, the black and blue division of football, along with the AFC North, which we'll be covering here after we cover the last two teams that we think this is the number one in the number two spots of the NFC North. And, folks, when I was thinking about the division, I knew who I was going to pick, not because I'm a little bit of a homer, uh, but more in the fact I looked at the standings um, from last year. And we talked about it, 12 and 4 out on the season, guys. And, and, and listen, that's far better than anybody within the division. The, the, the Bears just ran away with this division. And nothing – Crazy happened enough for me not to go ahead and pick the Chicago Bears to win this division of football, which leads me to my number two team, which is the Detroit Lions. Now, that having been said, I'm not under any illusion, believe me, when I say that I know, as Dennis Green would say, I know who the Detroit Lions are. I really do. But there are a couple of things that happened that I was actually intrigued about. Number one, they do have a, a head coach that is, you know, has Bill Belichick traits, if you believe they are able to put it together. Okay, Matt Patricia should know the, the you know, New England Patriots offense slash defense and everything else that makes them that good. Then don't break at times when you do it, you know, or stand up defense and what you do. That having been said, I just looked at what the Lions have as far as potential compared to the the Green Bay Packers, which I didn't see it. Number two, Kirk Cousins, I just don't trust him. I trusted when I picked this spot for the number two, I picked who I felt had the better quarterback out of Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. And I went quarterback, and I went with with a, a guy that has got some crazy numbers when you think about it. And, I'm, of course, I'm talking about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is one of seven quarterbacks to throw for 5,000 yards, okay? He damn near did it twice. He was 40 yards short for doing it twice, okay? He also led the league in most fourth-quarter comebacks in the season. So, that tells me two things about the Detroit Lions. Number one, they get behind the games and they got to fight out of it. But number two, when you got a quality quarterback, you can get the job done. So I looked at that. I also looked on a, a, a situation that the Detroit Lions have not, since he's been the quarterback, have not had a thousand yard rusher except one time, and that was last year. Okay, so this guy hasn't been able to get it. He hasn't been able to have someone to go, you know, when he does it and he does the play-action pass, get anybody to bite on it because everybody knows he's going to throw the football because he had no one to go ahead and hand the ball off to. 
So, and also, if you look at it and you look at the years that he's been playing, there has not been one Pro Bowl offensive lineman for this for this guy. All right, so he hasn't had the quality on the offensive line that takes the step up to protect the quarterback. But what he can do is is that he needs to develop. A, and some of the guys look, they got Curran Johnson, the running back. So this guy's made 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 some noise. Uh, you got Galladay at the wide receiver in his third year, 1,063 yards, and he had um, five touchdowns. And in his career, he only had 1,540 to start, and he has a, eight touchdowns. So he got most of them last year in his third year. Look at the rookie tight end. We're talking about that, Hawkinson. Okay, he is a great blocker, and that's what they learn in Iowa. They 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 tried to protect their quarterback. He is a great blocker, and on running games, so sweep to that side. Expect that a lot. You'll see Curran Johnson head that way. And then I can't believe what I'm about ready to say, Cuervo. I think Golden Tate is a very good pickup for this football team at the wide receiver position. Did they pay him too much? Yes. But already I'm hearing great stories about Golden Tate and Matthew Stafford coming out of Detroit, Cuervo. Uh, well, that might have been from last year, Sonny. Uh, I think Golden Tate signed with the Giants this offseason. He, he was in Detroit. You're right, uh, Cuervo. Cuervo, you're right. I think you're right. Let me find out because he took you did. He said maybe I need to check my he, no, no, no. He took over for Odell Beckham. You're right. I just these are some of my notes that I take throughout the year, so so I am wrong about oh, okay, that. So okay. they are missing Golden Tate. So you are right. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean Galladay is their best option now. And again, you know, it's just like you said, he's a guy that that doesn't really have much under his belt as far as playing time. I mean, yeah, he played last year and he had a great season. Don't get me wrong. I mean. Credit, credit where credit's due, right? That's what we do on the show. Yep. But, uh, yep. But I think it's it's one of those things where it can't be a one hit wonder. Like, let's see if he can do it again. Let's see if he can put up the same type of numbers. He doesn't have to, you know, surpass it. I mean, it'd be great if he did. But if he can have a similar season, then I think the Lions have something with Galladay. Um, but, uh, you know, Hawkinson, look, I, was I surprised that they drafted him? No. I actually, in my mock draft, I had the Lions taking him because they've done it before. They've taken they the tight end in the first round. Protect that quarterback. So, yeah, and, and, you know, uh, let's see if Stafford will actually utilize this one. You know, that's a big knock that we have on him is that he doesn't throw to his tight ends in red zone situations and – a lot of times the Lions are left walking away with three instead of six or seven. So mm-hmm. um, that's, that's, you know, that can be the difference between going eight and eight and 10 and six and possibly making the playoffs. So, yep. You know, Stafford, Stafford's got to get better with his decision-making uh, and not be afraid to utilize weapons. I mean, they're drafting them for a reason. It's not for their health. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're drafting these guys, so Stafford can throw them the ball and make some plays. So yep, you know Stafford, and that's one thing that they can't need. Be a, yes, and, but it's got it's got to be it's on Stafford, Sonny, to make the plays, make the decisions, and, and don't be afraid to to uh, take a chance uh, on throwing a high a high point pass or uh, a back shoulder to the tight end or 
you know, something like that. I mean, that he's got the arm talent to do it. He just has to. He just has to use it. Yeah, and think of this, Cuervo. Pick up Danny Amendola. Okay, you know, he, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That, that, that's a good pickup. You know, obviously the relationship mm-hmm. and Patricia's there. Marvin Jones is yeah. a badass. And this, I think this is the year this guy breaks out, too. This has actually been one of my favorite wide receivers the last couple of years. I've been kind of, you know, I got the little man crush on Marvin Jones. I really do. But Kenny Galloway, we just, Galladay, we just talked about it. He's coming up. They got Jermaine Curse, And then I'm going to say a name that you'll, you'll hear a lot this year. And don't ask me why, Travis Fulgham, this guy I think is going to be a guy that will make his way into the lineup, make some big plays, not necessarily getting yards and touchdowns, but I also think this guy is going to be another guy that will go out there and be a beast in blocking and things like that. But one of the things that you've got to remember about this guy, he's from Old Dominion, and that's all this guy does. He likes to catch that deep ball. But so what I'm saying is, is you think about this kind of thing, they're going to flip him and they're going to make him into a blocking court, a blocking wide receiver. And, you know, and that's going to be all important for Matthew Stafford to be able to get more time if he gets outside of the pocket. Uh, because uh, one thing I have noticed about Matthew Stafford is he gets out of the pocket, but he needs more protection that way. And if you design a play for it, which is why my fingers are crossed here, Okay, if they start designing plays to where Matthew Stafford gets out of the pocket, then sets and throws, this could be a very interesting year with the Detroit Lions because one of the best guys, I think, who gets out of the pocket, he may not be the fastest dude in the world, but he is very accurate out of the pocket, Tom Brady. Okay, so if if somehow they can make Matthew Stafford to be, you know, I'm not. He's never going to be Tom Brady, Cuervo. Let's let's be honest here. But if they if mm-hmm. he has the qualities where he can set outside the pocket and he gets the protection from the outside because that's where it's got to come from, and then those crossing patterns, I think this could get ugly. And you're going to see Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Galladay, and Kurt having some big years for the Detroit Lions. This is the reason why I, I'm not worried about the defense. Because they do have the head coach there, Matt Patricia. He'll figure that out. And I think he'll figure it out this year, knowing who his personnel is, knowing their tendencies better, and having film on his own guys. I think their defense is going to be fine. I think this offense is going to be so distinguished that it's going to be outside the norm. It's not going to be Stafford going down for 5,000 yards. Matthew Stafford's going to throw for about 4,000, 4,200 yards. And he's going to have a really, really good season. But you talked about the tight end position. They got the rook. They got the other one on the other side. This is the year I am predicting that Matthew Stafford will realize he can throw a touchdown pass to the tight end. I mean, I would hope so, Sonny. I mean, he's got he's got a young stud tight end in, in Hawkinson that you know is going to be a, a potential for maybe rookie of the year, depending how much Stafford throws to him. Um, yep. You know, uh, big, tall, physical target. Um, I mean, he, he. You would be stupid to not use the kid. Let's just put it that way. He could do it all too. He he can. Yep. He can help in the running game. He can catch passes downfield. He's a red zone threat. This kid can do it all, Sonny. I think that's why Detroit liked him so much is because 
Yep. They they sat there and they, they realized that they needed somebody that could be a difference maker on the offensive side of the football. And yes, while while he is only you know, he is a tight end, it's not the premier position on an offense. Uh, I think the, the versatility that he brings is what is what uh makes him different. And you know, that's what Detroit what do you think needs. of Danny they, they need... over there. It's not much, to be honest with you. I mean, this is really we all know his. Yeah, we all know his injury, uh, you know, history and whatnot. Oh, I don't. I honestly, it's great that that he's back with Matt Patricia, and that's going to be awesome uh, for for them to have that continue that relationship. But when it comes to on the field, Sonny, I mean, how much how much are you going to get from him? Let's 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 be honest about it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if he can stay healthy, great. But uh, we all know that that's been in, that's been a problem for him over the past you know yep. few years. Got to be able to put it together, and you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I'm not much in names because I can care less about the names more so than what I see. And what, what they also get besides the wide receiver Cuervo, they also get a guy that mm-hmm. can return the ball. Okay. Off of special teams, he's a good special sure. team player. But like you said, Cuervo, this guy has to stay healthy. And where he gets hurt, it's not at the wide receiver position, Cuervo. He gets hurt when he's running running the football back in special teams. So that's something that they're yeah. going to have to walk, watch out for in reality. When you when you when the Detroit Lions go get a guy like Danny Amendola, okay, you expect him to be a, a guy that can go there. Now, granted, last year was one of his better years, Cuervo. You've seen him in the lineup mm-hmm. for 14 games. The year before that was 16, but he was injury prone the years before that. But he played, and one of the one of uh, one of those things that you look about it, 15 last year. Um, uh, hold on, hold on, I've got the wrong page. Hold on. There we go. All right, 15 games last year, 15 before that. 12 in 2016, and then 14 games in 2015. But early on in his career, Cuervo, is when he was injury-prone. Now that he's older, that I worry about. I mean, now, and also, Cuervo, think about this, Cuervo. He didn't hit the, he didn't hit the big leagues in St. Louis until 2009, okay? He was already 24 years old. So, you yeah, know, so I'm not saying now. that's real old. But you're seeing guys entering into the NFL now at 22, 23, bigger, stronger, faster compared to 2009 as well. So that means the bigger, stronger, faster is on the other side of the football field as well. And I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I think I agree with you 100%. Those defensive linemen are going to be trying to gear down on him and try to hurt this guy every time they get the opportunity to tackle him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to target him or anything like that. But I think they are. I think are. it's going to be – I mean, that'd be kind of – I don't know. I think there's bigger fish <laughs> when it comes to the Detroit Lions than Danny Amendola if you're trying to take the best player out or one of their, you know, X-factor type players. I think there's bigger fish out there than, than a Danny Amendola, but that's just me. I mean, I mean, if you want if you want to try and slow this offense down, the guy you want to – get your hands on is carry on Johnson, the running back. That's what you want That's to get your hands point on. Too. First thousand yard rusher in God knows how long. 
So, but I mean, I mean, he does do the little things though, Sonny. And, and we, we tend to forget about those guys very easily. The guys that do the little stuff, like, like you said, you know, returning game or, or Amendola makes a play in a game that people forget about that, that wound up being a, you know, a huge factor in winning yeah. or losing a football game, you know, on third down it, it, it and does seem third, like, uh, third down and three, seem, he gets four. You know, yeah, right, yeah. And, and Amendola is a guy. I will admit that he is one of those guys that that is always part of those type of plays. So I looked at this one, and I have the Detroit Lions in second. You obviously have them in third, Cuervo within this division, correct? That is correct. Which so, only means one thing. It means only one thing, and in guys, as much as you know, we look at it. Equivalent's not a homer. He had him in last in last place last year, so you can't call him a homer. But maybe did did does he have too much love because of what he saw? No. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to admit what you got and what they got. Cuervo, I'm not even impressed with the quarterback position. I'm going to tell you right now that turn this football team completely around is the acquisition of big time. Uh, of an Oakland defender in Khalil Mack turned this football team back to the monsters of Midway, which in turn makes your offense not have to be the best. Now, I'm not saying they're not good, but they don't have to be. And that makes a great big difference when you are a guy at the quarterback position, such as the Chicago Bears, you know, young, prone to make mistakes, but if you don't have to make plays square vote, it changes the whole mentality of your quarterback position in reality because they don't have to work that hard. They don't have to make that big play. So when you have, you know, Mitch out there doing what he does, instead of thinking with a young mind, he can mature faster because he doesn't have to make the big play all the time. And I think that's the difference between Mitch Stavrinsky and a lot of other young quarterbacks that are out there because that defense makes it so eligible for him to get all of his reads, go through his possession, find the open guy, and if he needs to make a decision if he's going to run the football. But most importantly, Cuervo, is that if you're going to run the football, don't take that big hit. And that's the reason why you have a top one, two, or three defense in the league makes your quarterback better. And when you're a young quarterback, you need that kind of security blanket, you know, the line that's over the shoulder thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you can feel more comfortable making plays and becoming a very good quarterback. And that's the reason why I got them there. It's not because of Mitch Trubinsky, not because of anything on special teams. This defense is probably if not the best defense in National Football League. Yeah, you know, Sonny, and a lot of people are, are wondering if they're going to, you know, lose a step now that Vic Fangio's gone, uh, moved on to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, Chuck Pagano is no slouch, okay? He is not. And I'm not just saying that, and I'm not just saying that because he's now the new Bears defensive coordinator. I'm saying that because – he has a track record that is pretty impressive. Okay, you ever you ever go back and wonder, man, those Baltimore Ravens defenses were good. Not the O, not the O one Ravens. Okay, they were historic. I'm talking yep. in recent years. You know, best yep. pass defense can stuff the run. 
go back and look who was the, 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 the leader of those defenses, not on the field, not named Ray Lewis. Yeah, that would be Chuck Pagano before he Absolutely. moved on to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So Not only that, Cuervo, how about being the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts that has maybe, and I'll say it with all due respect to one of the sponsors of our show, Melvin Bullitt, who was a uh, defensive back for the Indianapolis Colts, a very mediocre defense, and they were able to win football games. Now, granted, a lot of that was on Peyton Manning's shoulder, but the defense has to make a stop. And by the way, yes, Melvin Bullitt did stop one you know, greatest of all time, Melvin uh, or uh, Tom Brady, on, on a big time play in a playoff game uh, that moved them on. So um, that having been said, it's giving you have a coach that can take a team and realize, jeez, this is not a good defense. But what I got to do is put them in the position to make plays, the best plays. And Chuck Pagano, outside of the Baltimore Ravens, when you said it, that's what he got good at is finding out, okay, we're not great here, okay, but what can I do to put our guys in a better position to make plays, and that's what he's capable of doing. And that's, listen, he doesn't have that. He's got the defense, so all he has to do is kind of just lead them and and not not have to consistently be on players' behinds to make plays. These guys already know what they're doing. They just need to develop the scheme in order to do it to continue what they started from last year, and Chuck Pagano's the right guy. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if 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 he if Fangio had to leave and get replaced and all that stuff, um, you know, I I, I am not uh, against you know Pagano being the guy to take over. Like that that I think that was a very good pickup for the Bears. Um, I don't think they're going to really miss miss Mitch. Oh God, let me try. I got Mitch Trubisky on my mind, Sonny. That's what it is. They're not going to miss much of a step. There, I got it. I got it. So, there you, go. you know, with that being said, um, hell, if anything, I think they're going to be a little bit better. And the reason I say right. that is because now you got a guy who Eddie Jackson is familiar with. Okay. Oh yeah. That that they have in, something in common. And ha-ha, all right? Those are two Bama boys back there, all right? Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want, but those two Bama boys can play. Uh, I know a lot of them kind of flop uh, as they as they go in their careers, but these two guys have not flopped yet. So, uh, with that said, um, I think that helps the backside of the secondary tremendously. You know, up front, yep. and obviously Kyle Fuller did what he did last year. The only issue that I have, Sonny, is the number two corner for the Bears is is iffy. Um, you know, Bryce Callahan's gone now. He he went to Denver with Fangio, uh, so that kind of, you know, that's got that kind of leaves either Prince Akamura or uh, maybe a Sherrick McManus to move up. Uh, so I think the Bears are a little bit thin at cornerback. Now they did draft a guy. Uh, in uh, Duke Shelley out of Kansas State, um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings. He's got good size, and um, so maybe he can make maybe he can move into that corner uh, or that that nickel slot, I should say. Yeah. And then offensively, I mean, you know, just 
got you got guys that can that can make plays everywhere. You know, everybody from Allen Robinson to Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, who they drafted in the second round. Uh, yeah, I think know, that Matt is a up for them too. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Nagy's a fan of those little scat backs, kind of, you know, like a Tariq Cohen, and that's why they got rid of Jordan Howard. Um, but they did pick up Mike Davis from Seattle, who filled in very well uh, up there for the Seahawks last year when ProSize went down. So, you know, I, I think they really what they did was they got Jordan Howard for much cheaper. They got a, a different version of him for a lot cheaper than uh, in Mike Davis. So, uh, not mad about that at all. Yep. There's there's some other things. Just think, you know, Hakeem Nix, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson. It's a football team that only gave up 80 yards of rushing the game square votes, number one in the league, number one in scoring defense, number one in takeaways. Guys, that, you know, these, these kind of things, you you don't lose because you lose you know Vangio, but when you when when you when you get Chuck Pacano back in there, so you're not going to lose anything there. All that is there. That that is the norm. So yeah, I don't think you're going to lose any of those numbers. Now there, there's one thing that I think that you really got to look at. You, you look at it. You, you got a young coach in Nagy, but one thing this guy has got to learn is he needs to learn the song to take me out to the ball game, Cuervo. Did you hear this? I mean, was I the only one that heard this? Oh, I mean, God. This, I, uh, yeah. I mean, take, did he, it, did find he mess some, up? He messed met, uh, Hey, Cuervo? Cuervo? It, the song goes, oh, find God. me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Okay? Yeah. All right? Yeah. All right. So, it's not buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack, because that's what it sounded like to me immediately. Now, granted, I think he was excited, but I, I had a little fun with Matt Nagy there. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, this young cat, you, what we're seeing, it's happening right in front of our eyes, Cuervo, and it's been happening for the last couple of years. These young quarter, these young uh, head coaches that are coming in and making some crazy strides for football that we're not normally used to seeing. And normally, I could sit here and say, you know, that's not going to last for very much longer. They're going to go back to that traditional coach. But man, oh man, Cuervo, are we seeing an emergence of young coaches in the NFL? And the main reason why is because they have to deal with these young talents and they need someone that they can actually be able to feel like they relate to. Back in the day, a head coach could care less if they can relate to you. Now it's probably the number one qualification in order to get a job as a head coach in the NFL. And, you know, there's only 32 of them, so, um, (laughs) you know, you're obviously, you're really good at what you do if you can secure one of those 32 spots, and, and, uh, I don't know, I I mean, I'm just glad Matt Nagy is on our side. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's done, I like what he did the first year, um, I like the message that he sends to the team, to the certain, you know, players, um, it's, it is about getting better. But it's about learning how to get better. See, that's I think that's what a lot of people misunderstand or they miss the point of. Everybody can talk about, oh yeah, we got to get better. We got to get better. What we need to talk about is how are we going to get better? What are the steps yeah. we're going to take? How do we grow? And that's what Nagy always talks about. Every time, every time, whether they win or lose, like look, we we grew today. We learned from our mistakes. Um, this is how we do better, gentlemen, next week. 
And that right there is the key. Because like I said, Sonny, you and I can talk all day like, man, we, 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 we need our show to be the best on Blog Talk Radio. And then we leave it at that. Okay, well, sure. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Let's make our show the best on Blog Talk. How are we going to do it? What's the plan? What are we going to do to make this the best show on Blog Talk? Now, it already is, but we can always find ways to make it better. So how do we do that? And, that, and that's, that's what I love about Nagy, Sonny. Is, is, he's not just talk. He's, he's, the, he's the guy that, that actually talks about how we're going to get it done and, and growth and potential or, you know, learning our lessons and stuff like that. Those, those are the key things that, that make football teams great. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what ends up happening here. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's not very hard. A little bit of a difference in our division picks. I have Chicago in first. I got the Lions. I think they take that step forward with potential. Uh, Minnesota in third and Green Bay in fourth. I can't believe I even said it. Uh, Cuervo, uh, Chicago up on top with me. He has the Vikings in second. Not a bad pick. I mean, uh, just a little bit of difference of opinion, which is the reason why he's got the Lions in third and also Green Bay in last. I really thought I'd lost my mind when I was sitting there saying to myself, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers are going to end up last in this division. And, you know, I, and so much so. It's so much so, Cuervo, I questioned it all through the morning, getting right. Because I've had these stat, this information about this, this for about four months now. I've had this for a long time, made some adjustments. I forgot about the fact that we uh, had one uh, wide receiver, Golden Tate, go to the Bears. But um, still, you think about that kind of thing. You think about what's going on in this division of football, one of the toughest divisions of football to pick. It it is, and you know, to to pick the Packers last, it, it's it's really it's really not that crazy. I mean, look at the pattern over the past few years; they've gotten worse. Yep. Nothing nothing about this team has gotten better. Oh, you know, the only place that they have they have hit is rock or you know hit the bottom, and yeah, they wind up going this year. Yeah, that's that's what I think that you know where they wind up because. They have done nothing to make the team better. They have gotten worse, progressively worse, over the past three years. And now is going to be the time where they're, you know, where they hit the bottom. And, and, and so for people that are use logic, like you and I, it, it all makes sense that the Packers, you know, it's, it's going to It'll happen. They're going to finish set. last in this division. Yep. It's going to be a message sent, and then the then the powers to be in Green Bay are going to have to make some real good decisions because I, I can't believe that I ended up doing that. But sometimes, like you said, before you can get better, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom, and uh, rock right. bottom is the last place in this division. Go ahead, Cuervo. No, no, I was agreeing with you, Sonny. I said that's right. Yep. Cool. All right. So that being said, now we're going to do this in a little bit in reverse, okay? All right, we're going to the AFC North, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on a, a special guest coming to us from the Steel City itself. It's Steel City Storm. How you doing, my friend? When you say AFC North, you have to stay 
Phil Sibby Storm, babe. It's, yeah, it's right. just beautiful. <laughs> right. Now, what the way we normally have done this, okay, when we're doing the breakdowns, we usually start from from last to first, but I know I only got you for a little bit of time, so we're going to flip it. So, obviously, Sonny has the Pittsburgh Steelers at the number one position of the AFC North. We'll switch back to fourth, third, and second after we're done talking. God, we got it. So, you've got the line, my friend. You've got the square. Looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, maybe it's just easy for me to say, Square. uh, Steel City, but this team is better by subtraction. Yeah, I was just going to say if any team exemplified addition by subtraction for this year, it's definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, if people listen to me saying that and saying, ah, you're just a Steeler fan, well, if you really look at the last couple years and you've seen what the Steelers have done cower into the Tomlin era and the players that have come through the Antonio Browns, the Mike Wallace's, the Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, they were on the same team with uh, these players and they didn't win squat. And uh, yeah, they, they, Ben Roethlisberger, I believe led the league in yardage passing and a lot had to do with Antonio Brown. There's no doubt. And he probably led the league in interceptions, and it had a lot to do with Antonio Brown. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. Antonio Brown, and if you look at his body of work over the years, is no doubt one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL. There's no doubt. And as long as he's getting his catches and numbers, that's all he needs. And uh, Roethlisberger has been the three Super Bowl one, two. Bell and Brown have won nothing, nothing. Absolutely. And they're great players. And, you know, uh, Antonio Brown and, and uh, is probably somewhat of a shoe-in uh, down the road, barring injury to maybe be in the Hall of Fame one day, and a guy like Heinz Ward won't. And Heinz Ward was the MVP of a Super Bowl and probably deserves it. But he won't because it's all about numbers. And that's the difference between those two. I'm not bad-mouthing them away, but if we're talking about teammates and teams, the Steelers, I think, on paper right now, will win the AFC North. And I'm just saying on paper because of what they got rid of and what they got back and what they did last year. If you look at what happened to them last year, they gave away the AFC North, considering all the turmoil they had with no bell, no ground, and they gave it away. They gave it away. So if they're focused, and and, and one more thing, and then I'm going to let you speak. The one key thing here with the Steelers that I believe will make a difference this year is a chip on their shoulder, and I call that the Cleveland Brown hype. Until you do it on the field, not paper, that's the difference. Absolutely. Talk about the addition. You, you, you know, you, you said, you know, you had the subtraction. Talk about the additions. I know where you're going with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that nice little sweet little floater over the defensive line and get it right in your hands. Talk a little bit about the additions on that football team that you're talking about. Well, I mean, I can talk about the free agent signings, which they did and which were helpful, but really, Unstealer like is what happened draft day, and the Cal Potato Show called it here first. The move up to get Devin Bush of Michigan, the linebacker. 
moving up yes. 10 spots in the first ten. round. That right there was the, the, the cannons firing across the, uh, uh, the ocean there. That was un-Steeler-like. They're, that move right there, Sonny, told me they're in it to win it right yep. there. Now, when we talk about the free agent signings, getting Mark Barron from the Rams, Moncrief as a wide receiver, uh, Steve him. Nelson, the big signing, quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs to play opposite Joe Hayden. Right there, you added depth to a draft pick right there where they needed it. They needed it. to, And and if you really think about it, well, you lost Bell. No, the guy that replaced Bell made the Pro Bowl and Connor. And they yep. still have the best offensive line, I feel, in the NFL. So, really, they filled in the depth part they needed. They got their second cornerback they needed. They got a linebacker in Bush that may be the next Shazier. And Barron will ease the pain of not having Ryan Shazier for the time being until Bush gets his feet wet. But from all indications, this kid's hitting the ground running already. Well, he has to, because that's going to be a big part of not just this year. It's going to be part of the next few years involved with it and also bringing in bushes as well. This team, you know, when they went and did that and grabbed up 10, like you just said, 10 spots. This is not what the Pittsburgh Steelers do on a normal basis whatsoever. So the chip on the shoulder is obvious. It's so huge that it, it just puts it out there. Now, I'll go back to what you made a statement that I disagree on, which you don't care that I disagree with you. You know, getting rid of a running back as Bell, you're losing a production machine without question. I'm not going to question that. But I also go back to what you said that I do agree with. They didn't do anything with them when they had them. They didn't win anything with Bell. They didn't win anything with Brown. So the simple fact of the matter is you can be a stat machine all day long, okay, but listen, the guy that replaced him is no Bell. Okay, now he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, I think it was barely because I don't know if they had anybody really to choose from. I'm just going to be honest. But he still made the Pro Bowl, so you got to give him the props. But he is no Bell. But if you can get 75% of Bell, which is what they got with him, I think Cuervo, I think they're sitting pretty, and then he can maybe become a better back within the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, look, James Conner is still extremely young. Um, you know, and let's not forget, too, that, uh, you know, at any given time, uh, the guy the guy can, you know, be out for weeks due to his health uh, situation. A lot That's of people forget thing. that he has that he has major, major health issues. I mean, you know, thank God uh, he's, he's, you know, it's not affecting him right now and he can continue to play football. Uh, but I think Steelers – have to have it in the back of their minds too to always monitor it, whether he starts to show a lack of production, you know, whether it's either an injury or his actual health. And that, you know, that's going to be important for them to, to monitor. And, and, and if they need somebody to, to back him up, then they have somebody available. So, uh, but, yep. but in the meantime, I mean, James Conner is a stud. I mean, yes, he doesn't yep. produce like Le'Veon Bell does, but I tell you, he does everything that the Steelers ask him to do, Sonny, and, and, and that's, all, that's all he can really do is just come in there, meet the expectations that they have for him, and, uh, and produce. And, and I think he did that more last year. 
absolutely. He filled in just fine. Uh, the injuries are something to worry about. So, um, so that is one of the question marks that he got there. Then the next question, I'll just throw it back to Steel City Storm. Is, is, is this now is the time? Not by choice, by the way, okay? Just real simple because of some of the things that were said on social media and everything else. So it, the chip on the shoulder, is does Juju, uh, does he have it? Does he have the chip on the shoulder? Does he feel disrespected? Or does the, uh, is he actually going to be a victim of, oh, we don't have Antonio Brown. We'll double up on Juju, let these other guys try to beat us, which would be the way that I would do it if I was going to do it if I was a defensive coordinator there, Steele. I I believe that uh, uh, Roethlisberger um, has had um, questions about his leadership in the past. When he came to the Steelers, uh, he literally got in a lineup because of Maddox going down. They ended up being 15-1 as his first year. But there was a different team. You had the James Farriers. You had leaders. You had Jerome Bettis. He never really had to be the leader. He basically was managing games, but he did it well with a lot of good talent around him. But as time has gone on and you, uh, he has gotten better, he had, was fortunate enough to play in three Super Bowls, winning two. Um, but it's always been a question of him being a leader. Um, I don't think he wasn't a leader. I There's some players that just are not – Voices. Joey Porter had a big mouth. He was a perfect leader. Jerome Bettis wasn't yep. bashful either. Roethlisberger just really wasn't one of those guys, but now that they're looking to him, he is becoming more of a leader, saying the right things, but he's the type of guy that always said, well, I wanted to prove it on the field. And his relationship with Antonio Brown, I think, led to a lot a lot of the turnovers and the issues that led to the debacle of last year. He wanted to keep everyone happy. He is your best player on the field, yeah. but because you can then he Antonio Brown made you a uh, uh, Schuster. I love Schuster to death. Don't get me wrong, but let's be real here. We're going to find out a lot about Juju and he's a tremendous player. And I think he can be great. And a number one, but his success was because of Antonio Brown to the point where Brown was complaining. But, see, that's the difference. Brown was not about the overall win. It was about Brown. It, it, and, it, and you'll see it in Oakland. Trust me. Absolutely. I think Ben Roethlisberger yep. is going to have one of his best years this year. I, I truly you know, it. it's, interesting, it's interesting that you say that because I, I was watching these games and I was looking at Ben Roethlisberger forcing the ball to Antonio Brown because he's trying to keep him happy. And, listen, I don't think any quarterback – wants to sit and listen to that kind of nonsense. I think he's the guy, and he came out and said certain things that maybe upset a lot of people. You heard it all day long. But more than the fact is that, you know, that these are things that had to be said because of the fact that, okay, you want the ball. Well, why don't you be where you're supposed to be when you need to be there? Okay, and calling out Antonio Brown was a way to bring him back down to earth. The only problem with that is, is that Antonio Brown is not that guy. Okay, you can't try to bring him down to earth because he is the solar system, baby. It's all about him, and you're absolutely right. And if it doesn't fit within his melting pot, he makes things harder 
for everybody else. He also has to remember, he's got Juju, he's got a couple other guys we'll talk about here in just a moment, whether it's James Washington, uh, Dante uh, uh, Johnson or Ryan Swift, all these guys that have talent, and instead of forcing the ball to Brown, let's spread the ball around. And that's pretty much what I think you know, Big Ben wants in reality. He doesn't want a guy that says, get me the ball. He wants to be the guy that says, I'll get you the ball when I can get you the ball. Shut up. And, and Cuervo, when you have those two types of personalities on the football team, sometimes the diva, that being the wide receiver, is going to win out, and you're going to see them forcing the ball or see him running the wrong route, which Ben uh, uh, let him know publicly that he messed up and it was a way of putting him in his place but there's no way of putting him in his place did I lose Cuervo or is he on mute let me open up that page here where am I at where where where's ah there it is I lost Cuervo, so I only have Steele. He'll be back here in just a moment there, uh, Steele. But, I mean, I think this is a guy. I think this is a guy that wants to be the quarterback, and he doesn't want to be dictated by a diva wide receiver or, for that that, the the matter, a running back telling him how he's going to lead the football team to success. Because, obviously, with those two guys on the team, with them ending up doing that and bickering back and forth hadn't worked. And, and and the, the what was I think a genius part on the point of Roethlisberger, and I'm sure somebody else had that something to do with it because not that I don't think Roethlisberger is smart, but if you really think about if you really think about what he did when he called out Brown, two things are going to happen: either like you said, this guy's going to come back down to earth, realize what is most important, the overall success of the team, and comes back to earth, or you have a meltdown, don't show up to the last game and demand to be traded yep. and get your trade. And you know what? It's called cleaning house. And it was yep. a genius move. Bell decided he was going to hold out, and he lost a lot of money. Well, he's in the, with the Jets now. His accountant screwed up for him, you know. Yeah, and he but lost even more if money. If <laughs> you really look at it, Bell, Bell didn't have – he didn't have too – if you really look at his body of work, Bell didn't have too many full seasons. At all. He yeah. got in trouble with LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, he's not that he wasn't great. He sure was, but he wasn't there all the time. You know, yep. I mean, you so, got- hey, you didn't win with him. Well, there's a reason why. This is a Listen, very I, interesting. Not for a million years, Sonny, would, would I think losing the great running back and wide receiver like that would ever help a team. But I got to be honest with you, this may be a, a weird exception is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. I, believe and that, I believe that too. And the reason why I believe it is really simple is because every team in the NFL is about the quarterback. Okay. You just got to accept that fact if you're a diva wide receiver, period. Okay. And Big Ben is straight out. Look, I'll get you the ball when I can get you the ball. 
okay? And, and, and when I did get the ball or tried to get it to the end zone, you ran the ring. When he called him out on that play for a touchdown pass where he was in the wrong place, that was, you know, that was trying to teach him a lesson to shut his mouth. I know what I'm doing. I'm the quarterback of this football team. And guess what? The quarterbacks rule the roost, okay? I'm the rooster. In reality, you're my bitch. You're my hen, okay? So do it my way, and we'll we'll might be able to figure it out. But if I got to be in a constant back and forth with you about getting you the ball, this isn't going to work. And that is basically what that was all about. They they and I don't believe for one second though they didn't have conversations behind the scenes. I don't believe that. I believe they did. I believe Big Ben put it to him and said, "Let's this," and he told them exactly what I just said, or in the same ways. And and that is what pissed him off, but sometimes I'll give it the old rock saying. Sometimes you got to know your role and shut your mouth. And the problem is you didn't get that with Antonio Brown and or Bell at the backfield. And until teams or players that roll to your team don't understand the real pecking order of a reason why a team is successful, they won't be able to get out of their own ways. And that is the reason why you're going to see Antonio Brown fall on his face over there in, in Oakland and then go on the other side of the country on the other coast and watch the Jets just totally destroy Bell because this guy's not going to be the same. You watch. Le'Veon Bell is going to be a, a mere – he is just going to be a fraction of all, how good he is in reality. And I would never discount the ability of Bell by no means. But that offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers had a lot to do with his success because they're Absolutely. a cohesive unit, an experienced unit with a lot of talent. And I don't want to hang on the Antonio Brown thing, but, Sonny, even now on talk shows here in Pittsburgh, people, somebody will always bring up the game last year when the Steelers had the Saints beat. They had them yep. beat and blew the game. Antonio Brown on the sideline laughing because he had 10 catches, two touchdowns, Schuster making a play, fumbled the ball, and pretty much cost the game, was on his knees crying. There's your difference yep. right there. And I, the Steeler I, fan base I, 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 had yep. enough. Yep. And, and you want that up. guy. Even though that you, game's you, over with. It's, yep. You And you want that guy. You want that guy. Especially, if they, by the way, this is not just – the Baltimore Ravens who just showed up one day after they snuck out of Cleveland behind the door. This is a storied franchise and a storied franchise of what, in my opinion, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Okay. And there's only one that describes team. And when they got away from it for the last three years, they have not been successful. And you yes. say whatever you want. They didn't do anything with those two guys. What's the worst thing that could happen? End up in the same place where they were. Okay? That's the worst thing that can happen. It's not going to happen, but that's the worst thing that could happen. And then you also don't have to deal with the attitudes. You, you know, listen, people get divorced all day long because they don't want to deal with the attitude of the other person involved in the relationship. And they are always so much better when they don't have to deal with drama. And listen, that that is the that is the second worst, worst four-letter word in the English language, which is 
well, actually, I'm, I'm <laughs> drama. It, it, it really sucks. All right, drama sucks. So really, really simple. It's a five-letter word, not a four, but you get my point. It, you, you can't have that kind of thing when you're talking about a football team. And that's what the Steelers over the years have solidified as their hey, – listen, it's their legacy. That's what, that is the Rooney way. The Rooney way is about team. The Rooney way is we don't care who you are, what you are, what color you are, or whatever the case may be. This is the way we're running this ship. Once someone gets out of line, we'll throw your ass over the side. And that's what ended up happening with both of those two dudes, and it was the best thing that ever happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that where they will be in more of a better position to be successful. Uh, now, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not, you know, I don't know how far they're going to go in the playoffs. I want to see week number one, two, three, and four before I make that decision. That having been said, though, when I looked at these four teams within this division, regardless, let's just say they've had those two guys on this football team. I'd still pick them to win the division based upon the talent. Then we talk about what they do in the playoffs and how they bicker out through the whole year and how that affects on the football team. But when you take away that one part of it, take away the bickering, the drama, take away the drama, it turns around and you have a cohesive unit. Look at what's happening up in New England. There's only there's only one pecking order, that, that, and that is – that is uh, Tom Brady. You go down to New Orleans, there's only one pecking order. It's Drew Brees. Okay? You go even to Green Bay, even though we picked Green Bay to finish last in this division, it all goes through It all goes through Aaron Rodgers. So, you, you, Ben, Big Ben is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and if he doesn't get, someone needs to get their freaking heads examined. And then second of all, once you have a Ben Roethlisberger who is happy, I think he could be a better, even better than what he has been over the last few years because he had the weapons. Now he's just going to spread the wealth. That's, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Brady, Breeze, they all have a different pedigree. Let's face it, Ben Roethlisberger by no means is a great runner, but when he moves in the pocket, he can make things happen. He is always Absolutely. that kind of a, player tom brady if tom brady steps up in the pocket i don't care who you are you're done if you allow that man to step up one step in the pocket you are done joe montana was a little like roethlisberger but brett Favre reminds me of roethlisberger he has a tendency to force it brett Favre moved around in the pocket slinging it that's who Mm -hmm. roethlisberger but he's smarter now sonny that's the one thing that everyone forgets He's smarter now. He's more mature now. I think he wants to be a leader. I think he has enough tools in place, and the chip and the drama may pay off for us here. Maybe. Yep. You know, we're going to have a good indicator opening night when we're at New England. We're going to know right right there. We're going to see what we've got. And not only that, I think they're going to – it may not be Juju, but I think the production that you get with Antonio Brown, okay, he had 15 touchdowns last year. But what what did he do the years before 2015? Well, 2015 he had 1,834 yards and 36 uh, – oh, mark that. I had more than that. I, I can't read my writing. But that, that having been said, you think about it, okay? That's 2015. Okay, when those big numbers happen. Okay, what if, you know, it's all about in this game is really simple. 
It's what have you done for me lately? And that's the way it always has been. And really, to be honest, if you take away those 15 touchdowns from from Antonio Brown, that you you got to ask yourself the question. In reality, what have they done for him lately? It's really simple. I'm, I'm my my. There it goes. It, it, my uh, my blog talk radio is on a slow move there. But it is. It's a what have you done for me lately league. And frankly, Antonio Bell and Antonio or um, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown haven't done anything really lately. If you want to think 15 touchdown receptions is great, you can go ahead and do so. But what about the other production, the other portions of the job that he has to do, which is get yards? And how about block? They don't block. That's just the way it ends up happening. We got Cuervo back. Cuervo, just really quick, is Juju, is this guy capable of being a number one wide receiver? Obviously, he's got the distractions and the big mouths and the big egos out of the way, and he slide in there and be the number one, or is Ben Roethlisberger going to take on a a combination of a, a James Washington, Dante Johnson, Ryan Switzer, Dante Montreef, and Dante Spencer. Is he going to spread the ball around, or is he going to still go to only one guy, Juju? What do you think? Well, Sonny, Ben, Ben, believe it or not, Ben has always been a guy that tries to spread around the ball as much as he can. Um, it's just when you have certain individuals with a with a uh, ego like an Antonio Brown, it's hard to do that. You can think about it. And Steel City knows this better than anybody. Before Antonio Brown uh, came into the picture in Pittsburgh, you know, the ball was being spread around pretty pretty evenly between a guy yep. like a Heinz Ward, and then you had Mike Wallace, and then you had whoever it was at tight end. Uh, you had uh, – Antonio uh, Holmes, Emmanuel yes, Sanders. Yes, Antonio Holmes. It, it said, and the list goes on and on. My point yep. is now that, the, now that the ego has left the building – um, I think you're going to go back to seeing Ben be that guy again where he spreads the ball around a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. Juju is hands down the best receiver on this football team. Absolutely. And, and do, do I think he has the potential to be a number one receiver? Well, he's going to have no choice but to be the number one guy on this football team this year. Um, yep. But I'm going to go back to what Steele mentioned earlier is how successful he's going to be, that's a different question. There's no doubt he can be the number one guy, and he is going to be the number one guy. But how successful is he going to be as the number one guy? A lot of what he did last year was, yes, it was due to all of the attention that Antonio Brown was getting. Now we're going to see, can Juju make opportunities for himself? I think there are going to be some times where you say, man, Juju's got it. Like, he's going to be a star in this league. And then I think there's going to be some times where Steeler fans are going to be left scratching their head like, you know, we thought, we thought he was going to be the guy, and now I'm not so sure. Because that, sometimes Juju shows he can be a little inconsistent. Um, but I think there's a lot more positives there's a lot more pros than there are cons to Juju's game. So I think I think in that aspect, Sonny, they're going to be fine. 
Well, here's the great thing about that steel city. Let's say he does try to make Juju the superstar. If it don't work out, he's got other weapons all day long. I just I just named them off. So he can try to do different things. Maybe in one game he will try to get it to Juju more. And then in a different game, depending upon what defense that they're looking at, maybe he can spread the ball around a little bit more. And guess what? No one's going to say jack squat about it. And the reason why is really simple is because when you've got a quarterback such as Ben, ben Roethlisberger, he's, gonna, he, he's dying to scream it out. And, that, and once everybody starts respecting the guy for what he does, because if you look at this guy, I mean, this guy's a monster. He'll run the ball. He'll take the hits. He does everything that you want a quarterback to do. But if he doesn't get the proper respect that he deserves, although he doesn't voice it out there, he, he, I, I think if you're going to have a successful Pittsburgh Steeler fan uh, or season, you want your quarterback to be happy with the team that he has around him, and I think he has it right now. And and one other thing when we're talking about the receiving part of it, I still believe with Connor and and they're gonna and they were a running back by committee uh, last year, and then they in the fourth round they got Snell the uh, Snell Junior yeah. to running back, um, and they expect him to get into the mix to like you were talking about not put the burden on. But the relationship on and off the field and definitely on the field, Vance McDonald, the tight end and Roethlisberger has, is Heath Miller-ish type receptions and touchdowns. And I think that is going to hopefully carry over the this year and alleviate some of the pressure that Sh- uh, Schuster is going to have as a number one. And the signing that Dante Moncrief, and and James Washington, who we drafted last year, it's a lot of speed, and the big man with speed, they're going to compete for the number two spot. And then they yep. picked up Deontay Johnson. This kid's the fastest kid in the combine. You throw him in, and they re-signed Eli Rogers, former Steeler running back, to be an experienced slot guy. There, right there, tells you that they plan on spreading the wealth but I still believe that play action, running the ball defense still gets it done. I believe the Steelers are going to run between the tackles more often with Connor and these running backs to set up the pass in the way. With the offensive line, why not? I think the Steelers are going to be more balanced. And if the Steelers are successful, you can write it down right now, Ben Roethlisberger will not lead the league in uh, passing yards because that was the worst thing. If you look at his record – when he passes for about 250 yep. to 300 yards, his winning record it. is phenomenal. Awesome. When he's throwing three yep. to 400 yards, it's not as good. I agree. And like you said, the offensive line is amazing. It's the second best in the NFL, maybe third, depending on where you talk to. But we talk a lot about the offense. Let's go to the defense before we lose you. I don't know how much time you have, Steele, but they play a base 3-4 defense. And when you, I, I think Cameron. Hayward is going to be a guy that's going to stand out big time for them uh, as far as this year is concerned. But talk about some of these other guys. I mean, you know, Sean Davis, will he be able to step up to the challenge? And then, of course, Devin Bish, the guy that they go up and get 10 spots for. What do you think about this 3-4 defense that's going to be heading the way for all the teams in the AFC North? Um, The one thing that the Steelers definitely addressed 
with the signings and the free agency and the draft is the defense became very fast. And I think yep. that's key. Um, where you've got Barron and um, Bush, and uh, depending the learning curve of Bush, I expect him to be on the field opening night. And you throw T.J. Watt over on the other side, and you get that linebacker pass rush that the Steelers are famous for. And now yep. you have corners on both sides that's going to uh, have closer coverage. Suddenly the clock for the quarterbacks against the Steelers are going to run out. And with the Steelers' offense, it's so important to have ball control, and it's, it's so important to get leads. Then this defense can un- unleash the speed that they now have. And the guys like Sean Davis you talked about last couple of years have been rough, but they have been learning. And we expect big things from these guys that have been forced to play, but hopefully that will pay off for this year. I think the name of the game is speed. And I think the Steelers yep. on defense finally have it in the spots they need to be for their type of defense. Yeah, because you think about it, you know, you talk about some of the great names up on the defense are getting older. And they're, well, obviously the first thing is going to go the speed, and they definitely need to get back to that. You're absolutely right. I didn't know how much time that you had there, Steele. I don't know if you have to bail or anything, but I'm glad you were able to get on to talk a little bit about your Pittsburgh Steelers, which, by the way, is the team that I'm uh, picking to win this division. Uh, how much longer you got or you got to bail? I got five minutes got five minutes then do do this really quick talk a little bit about the special teams for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well because when I was when I was looking at a lot of things you know obviously the offensive side and the defense side the defensive side of the ball is obviously two-thirds of the offense I, I think it's actually a little bit more than that because I don't want to give too much emphasis on the the um the special teams in reality. I don't want to give them a full third, although everybody does. Talk a little bit about the special teams out on that football field for them, as far as that's concerned, because they've got some guys that can make some, you know, make some moves with the ball. Whether it be Schuster, if he's going to run it, but I think Ryan Switzer is the guy that they picked up just for those kick returns. I think this guy is dynamite. Let, what what are people thinking or saying about him as far as his potential in 2019? When they bring up Switzer, um, he filled in nicely on special teams, but they were loving him. Brothersberger started using him down down the second half of the season as like a third yeah. or fourth wide receiver, just doing a slot, which he filled in nicely. Um, Deontay Johnson, the second-round pick from Toledo, that guy is slated with his speed to maybe compete for both those slots with Switzer to have a nice luxury. A few times the Steelers lined up Switzer in the backfield opposite Connor to show like a two wide rec- uh, two running back look, even though one was a slot wide receiver. They want sure. to mix in Deontay Johnson and his speed in that same way and even come out with a few running plays. I think, uh, the disappointing in the, the Boswell was a Pro Bowl kicker and couldn't hit anything as soon as he signed a big contract. So look for maybe changes there. They had a vote of confidence in Boswell, but uh, I, I think that the field goal <laughs> kicking was very bad. And it's yeah. funny what money does to you. You know, I mean, yeah. he signed a contract and, and could not kick anything. And, you know, it's like golf. It's all mental. 
Uh, I expect the Steelers to make changes. They haven't really talked about what kicker would come in. Uh, right now, Boswell is still on paper. The, that's that's a training camp thing that we won't know more about. That opens this week training camp. Uh, I'll be Does there. Jordan Berry have the abilities to, to do it well or no? What's that? Does Jordan Berry have the abilities to, to kick it or no? I don't believe he does. No, I do not believe he's a, he he's does. He's a great they punter. Were, that that I know. Um, he, he, yes, the guy can kick the hell out of the ball. But there's a difference between being a punter and a place kicker. That, that is a big time thing. He can fill in on kickoffs. That part he can do, I think. Uh, but the accuracy and stuff. I mean, does, does he have it, or do you know? No, but it's Boswell's job to lose, as far as we know right now. But the Steelers have brought in kickers during the uh, uh, summer camp and have competitions during it and make that decision. It's Boswell's – they're paying him. So I expect them to give him the first shot and see what consistency he still has and if he's over his problems from last year, which he could recover. I mean, before that, he, he didn't miss anything. So I have a little bit of faith. If they can fix the field goal kicking, their special teams looks really good. Again, because of the depth they picked up and the speed on defense, a lot of those players that don't start in defense will be special teams. So it's all about yep. speed, especially for special teams. Hopefully, Deontay Johnson gets to return some punts. Yep. Well, the reason why they got the tie as well is because they couldn't get a, someone to kick a field goal. I mean, you know, from 20 to 29 yards, he was 500. He was four of six from 30 to 39, but 500 from 40 to 49 yards. And believe me, the money making is between the 40 and 49 yarders, and you can't be only hitting 50% from that area if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers when you are traditionally in close football games. Because let's be honest, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't blow teams out. Okay, they are in there in a slobber knocker each and every week to get by, especially the other six games within the division that are slobber knockers. And they're lucky to get out with the W, which sometimes they don't. They end up with the tie week number one. If they could have got a guy that kicked the football, they would have won that football game. Oh, absolutely. But I'll be honest with you. I think the reason Boswell stunk is because I put him on my fantasy team and I will not be making that mistake this year. You broke the you I gave swear to God, because I can't figure out what happened. <laughs> I, I did. I won't That's got to be again, it. Ever. It had to be you picked him up. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Cow's Potato Show. You got it. He I'm my own worst James. enemy. <laughs> he is James Steel City Wilson. Hey, thanks for giving us a call. Thanks for joining us, and hope you enjoy the rest of the show if you go back and listen to it. Oh, I will. And just for the record, I expect the Steelers with a few losses on their schedule at Chargers at New England. But I have question marks there because I believe they can win it. And maybe a Thursday night or on a short week at Cleveland, I expect the Steelers to win 10 to 11 games. It'll all be about mindset. Thank you there, big man. Thanks for joining us for the few minutes that you were able to. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and listen, 
Steel City is he's kind of like Cuervo. He is a he's a Pittsburgh Steelers realist more so than being the homer, and that's what we always appreciate. It. I mean, obviously Cuervo picking the Bears finishing fourth in the division last year in the NFC North tells you that he is when he's looking at it and examining it. So Cuervo, I have him at the number one position as far as the AFC North is concerned. Where do you have the Pittsburgh Steelers before we go out to break? Yeah, Sonny, I mean, I flopped back and forth some with this one, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I went with I went with my gut, um, and I, I'm agreeing with you that uh, I think the Steelers are going to win the division as well. I, look, I get it. Lost a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. But what they also lost was a lot of distraction. What they also yep. lost was a lot of ego. What they also lost was a lot of – um, negativity in that locker room for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, is is it is is it worth it? You know, we'll find out. But I think I think the Steelers are still good enough of a team to uh, overcome those losses because they've done it before. And sometimes teams wind up being better when. You know, like you guys mentioned, uh, when when Steel Thirty first called in, it's addition by subtraction. So, yep. I think that applies this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's why I still say that. I think it's going to be close. I think Baltimore is going to be right there with them as well. So now they're going to land number two uh, pick, but um, you know they're going to be right there neck and neck. But I think at the end, the Steelers will come out on top and uh, they'll win the division. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting division. But there are three other teams, okay? And if you go back a couple of years ago, don't forget the FC North had three teams in the playoffs, okay? Which is very rare. Um, but could it happen again? I don't know. We'll, we're going to talk about that because we do need to go and break because we went over, which is fine, which is the great thing about our show because we can control that. But that having been said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got three teams more to talk about in the AFC North. We'll do that on the other side. Well, not on the other side because we're already there. But when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, you're listening to that being said. It is our 10th anniversary. It's our 25th episode this year. We will be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. This is Sonny Clark Radio, voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect.
This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett, give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. 
At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masses. Break it down! Potato Sports Show. We're in our third hour. We got 40 minutes. We got three teams to go over. We are going to go in overtime because I got a lot to say. I got a couple revelations that are going to be coming your way and I'll probably be in overtime. So if you want to get online, 347-215-7497 or listening into the archives, we appreciate it. 
That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're in the AFC North, so we get Cuervo back. Let's go over a little bit of what we looked at last year. In 2019, or 2018, the Baltimore Ravens won this division. Now, they won it because they they won three in a row to actually get the uh, spot that the Steelers should have got. So, the Ravens, 10-6, and six, win the division, make the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers don't at 9-6. and six. Browns, 7-8-1. and eight and one. By the way, Steelers are 9-6-1. and, six and one. Um, The tie coming with the Cleveland Browns, 7-8-1. Uh, well, we saw a lot of things uh, as far as that's concerned. I'm going to talk about it. Then the Cincinnati Bengals, 6-10 on the season. 6-10. So when I looked at this division of football, and I had to ask myself a question, what is going to go on with the other three? Because I looked at this division, it was automatically the Pittsburgh Steelers division to lose. Why? Because you've got three mediocre football teams in reality within this division. It reminds me of the AFC East. And it did used to be that way, just as I mentioned in the last segment. They had three teams in the playoffs not more than a few years ago to that to the year before that. So this division of football should not be this way. So much so, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a mediocre football team, but that was because of their personnel. And that's because they weren't given the proper respect to the right people. And I'm sorry, we can sit here and talk all day long about who should be respected, why they should be respected. But in the NFL, it's all about the quarterback. And if you're under any illusion that it's any other position, I'm just here to tell you, you're wrong. Because teams like that are not successful. There are only so many Baltimore Ravens teams that can get the job done. There are only so many Tampa Bay Buccaneer teams that can get that done. That's only two. The rest of it is about an offense or a quarterback. And we can talk about it all day long, but that is just the fact. That, as they say, is the fact, Jack. But one thing that you're going to have to understand is is all about respect and reality. And if you're not going to give it to all people, Ben Roethlisberger, you are screwed up in the head. And that's the reason why Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are not on this football team. I mean, the goal here in reality, the first goal to get to the ultimate goal is the playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? What? Why do you have to do that? Every time I just say the word playoffs, it's just crazy. But that's what happened. But the fact of the matter is, that's what one of these teams are going to be doing. Because when I look at this division of football, I'm putting it out there. I don't see any other the three teams making the playoffs. And one has a chance. And we're going to talk about that. It's my team in second place. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that when you're a football team and you are the Pittsburgh Steelers, once you get outside of what is success 
and that is teams, you are done. And I am so proud of the AFC North Pittsburgh Steelers for being that way because they need to be that way because it's all about that. You talk about a lot of things, you know, on a football team. What's successful? What's not? How does a team get better? It starts with respect for the game and the players that have made it what it is. And they just did not have it in Pittsburgh last year. However, that's the reason why I think I got them there. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to move on back to our regular format. I'm going to back it up. to fourth place in this division. And we have three teams that any one of them could be there. Again, the Steelers are the class of the division. They're the AFC East team in the North. Because you got other three that are not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. And if they do, it's going to be by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. And I'm about ready to go unpopular on you, Cuervo. I'm bringing you back in. But I'm going to go unpopular on you, which I don't care if it's popular or not. I'm going to my first or fourth place team, and guess what? It To me, it's simple. You can add anybody to a football team. You get Odell Beckham, yeah, you should be in the play. But, hey, I've seen that on the other side with the Giants. They should have been there. I've seen a lot of things that happen. I'm seeing all kinds of things. I'm seeing all kinds of Cleveland Brown love. I'm not going to give it to him. And a couple of reasons why is one, it is Odell Beckham. You know, listen, the Giants did the right thing just as much as the Steelers did. So to try to find success. Now, they might have been involved wrong in reality, but, when you got this guy, and I watched Baker Mayfield all last year and was amazed by him. But what I found amazing is that he did it without personnel. He did it without personality. He did it without diva wide receivers with too much personality. He did it by the old-fashioned way, which is scrapping day after day. day. Now they add Odell Beckham. Normally you look at this and go, oh, my God, what a great addition of football. I don't see it because of the different way. You watched that team last year. There wasn't a diva on that team. Now they have one. How are they going to work with that? Where is the respect going to come? Is this Odell Beckham's team or is this Baker Mayfield's team? And if it's Odell Beckham's team, they're lost before they even get started. Because in order for this team to be successful at any rate whatsoever, Cuervo, Baker Mayfield has they got to at least match what he did last year to be considered to be a quarterback that can lead his football. And I don't think they get that if they're going to be lipping back and forth. It's going to be one pass that wasn't made or they didn't go to him when he was wide open. And then Odell Beckham will screw up this whole chemistry that they had. And that is after this football team lost a guy that was sitting right there in the uh, in on the offensive line that played 10,363 snaps, and I'm talking about Joe Thomas, who retired. And they didn't even have him. If anybody deserved it, it should be Joe Thomas. That hasn't been said, Cuervo. 
I, I like the Browns. I like the potential. I take the step back and say, Odell Beckham Jr. is not the right signing for this football team. So I know I'm ready to get bashed on this, and I'm ready for it. I got my gloves up. I'm in defensive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rope a dope with you, and hopefully you won't hit me too hard on this one, Cuervo. But I got the Cleveland Browns in fourth in this division. Sonny, I'm coming for the Mike Tyson uppercut. Well, I knew it. What's wrong with you? I'm call Stephen A. Smith on you. What's wrong with you? No. Look. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, you, you don't want to buy into the hype because it's the Cleveland freaking Browns. But this goes Absolutely back to what I earlier. But, and, and this goes back to mention what I, to what I mentioned earlier. There is a certain stigma about certain players, certain teams, and we categorize all that stuff in our heads automatically. So when we think Aaron Rodgers, right, we think winner, we think best quarterback in the league, arguably. So what does that mean for the Packers? Well, they got a good chance to win the division, right? Well, that's well, not yes, the case and they our all, prediction. Really, in reality, Cuervo, when you talk Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's about. And trust me, he has a lot of that in the league. He does. You know, uh, there's a few certain people that, that don't uh, as much. But I'd say overall, his respect level is pretty high. Now. We go to the Cleveland Browns. When we think Cleveland Browns, what do we automatically think? Losers. Freaking, they're not going to win a game this year. Like, that's what we think of when we think of the Cleveland Browns. And, Sonny, you, my sir, have fallen into the trap. Because when you think Cleveland Browns, you think disappointment. You think paper bags over your head. You think nothing but negative thoughts, losing and I understand. I get it because that's what they have built over the past 20 years is a losing reputation. My thing is I'm giving them a small shot this year, okay, uh, to, to re- kind of have an encore performance of what they did last year. And believe it or not, look, 7 8 oh, and one, you th- uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? Is that what you're saying? You kidding me? Are, are you- playoffs? No, no, no. I'm not saying playoffs. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just saying they're not going to finish in last. That's all I'm Got saying. it. I have a different team from Ohio finishing last. But, um, wow. you know, I think for the Browns, I think they're doing the right thing. And I think they're making the right moves and they're saying the right things, now you take that and you've got to put it on the field. Look, I'm not, I, I, I'm not picking them to win the division. So have I bought completely into the hype? Am I completely sold on the clear rounds? No. Uh, do I believe in the direction that they're going? Absolutely I do. And it all starts with Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he's the type of guy that looks at the term sophomore slump and laughs at it. Because that's the confidence that he brings within himself. Well, and he doesn't let I think those I things, agree with you. And he doesn't let those things define how he's going to play sophomore slump. I, what is that crap? You know, I see him I, saying something like that. I see him doing it too, Cuervo. I see, I see him. And not only that, I like this kid. I do. Okay. But here's one thing about the sophomore slump. Okay, it's, it's real. <laughs> not 
it, it, it's it's hugely real, and and I've heard it from many of uh, those up and coming quarterbacks that you you fall in love with. Hey, listen, and Baker Mayfield, you gotta love this guy. I wa- I watched it and and it was on when I was doing the review on this one. It was Wednesday, okay, Cuervo. It was Wednesday, and I was I'm listening. You're going, yeah, damn, yeah, damn right, yeah. I, was, I, I mean, I was falling for it. I mean, I was digging it. And you know, know why I was digging it? Is he was doing this. They damn near made the playoffs last year. Okay? If it wasn't for the tie and they could have got one more win, which is how many overtime games were, the, were they in? He did it without Odell Beckham. He did it without the diva. He did it without the guy that is the distraction. He did this on his own. And I almost wonder, I almost wonder, does he actually resent the fact that they brought in Odell Beckham after the success of the season last year? No, I think he loves it. I mean, you just made the point against yourself. Well, he's saying the right thing. No, I mean, but you've made the point against yourself. You talked about all these things he was able to accomplish without Odell. Imagine what he's going to do with an Odell Beckham. Imagine what he's going to do with him and his boy from college, Jarvis Landry, on the other side. You got David and tied in, who's uh, developing into a pretty good player. You know, yeah, the offensive line, I heard you talk about Joe Tom. You know, it hurts Browns fans still to this day, I'm sure. Oh, that hurts that, my that feelings. That he up and retired. Yeah. 10,000 I mean, Cuervo, Cuervo, 10,000 snaps. snaps in a row, in a row. Never yeah. missed an offensive play, for God's sake. 10,363 snaps, and he couldn't smell that success that they had last year because of the injuries and the toll that that took. I, I feel so bad for that guy. Yeah. I mean, you talk about an Ironman uh, oh, on the offensive line. On, on a loser yeah, Thomas, team. Yeah, Joe Thomas is that guy. So, um, yeah, imagine if you still had him. That, that Then – then I think you could really talk something serious about the Cleveland Browns because you have that, that left tackle established with a quarterback with the confidence and spirit that Baker Mayfield brings. Oh, and by the way, now we have one of the most dynamic receivers in the game today, and Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, and mm-hmm. let's not forget, uh, at, at midseason, guess who comes back? Kareem Hunt, a playmaker. So that's why... I'm giving the Browns some love. I'm not going to give them a lot of love, not too much. But I, I I like the direction this team is going, Sonny. The only concern I have with the Browns is the head coach. And that's why I hold back I, from really going right taking there. off. You know, that's, that's what holds me back from really saying, you know what, this team's going to finish second in the division. Uh because I don't know what kind of head coach Freddie Kitchens is going to be. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know too much of his background. I really didn't. I know he played at Alabama. I remember when he played at Alabama. But I don't remember much else after that. I don't remember how well his NFL career went. I don't know what the house he's had. All I know is that that's the guy they named the head coach, and – that's well, a huge responsibility. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shed a little light for you. I, the light's going to shine. 
okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and because mm-hmm. Uh, just and this is only because I'm a mean green Texas mean green fan, okay. All right, so he okay. was a coach there. All right, so I and he also did a little stint here in Dallas with the Cowboys. But really, what before that though is he was with LSU. So these are these are teams that we talk about down here in Texas. Those those teams right there. So I know who this guy is, and I'm not necessarily saying he's a bad coach, but my but I go back to the simple fact of the matter is is that I I, I determine success based on experience when it comes to the NFL. I really do, and that's the, obviously you take a look at some of these coaches that coming in. You know, I don't feel comfortable taking a shot or say, hey, this is the guy I want as the head coach of a football team. So, so when I look at that and how it goes, I look back to what he did last year and put it into the position as he was, you know, the offensive coordinator. He was helping the offense and stuff like that. Now he's the head coach. And this was the big question, Cuervo. Now, when you look at this team, how is he going to be handling the other portions of his responsibility of this football team, or is this just a farce? Is there an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and no real head coach? And that I don't think they need to have that reputation. But when I look at it, that's what I look at, Cuervo. I look at a guy that says that they don't have a trust in reality. You know, yeah, they named him head coach, but I think that's just a title because I don't know how this guy in reality could be expected to have all the weight on his shoulders as a head coach. He is spreading it, and he's just spreading it around. And I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I know they had a good season last year with him um, as the offensive coordinator. So, you know, I, you know, that is a big question. What is Freddie Kitchens going to be able to do for this football team? And it, But the reality is the key of this, you know, the, there's two keys in reality. One of them is Chuck. There's no question that guy's got to be successful. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., that's an automatic. That guy has to be good. But I think Chubb has got to be the guy that's going to put it out there. And the defense is going to have to play as well as it did last year. And that's going to be the next question for this football team. Will they be able to maintain what they did defensively? Because in order for them to move up higher within the division in reality, if they got to win more football games, and they're not losing football games because of their defense, Cuervo. They're just not scoring enough. And that, that is shown, but although they had a great year, and we all agree it was a great year. It was the best year in, God, almost you know, 20, 25, 30 years for the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, how are they going to do it? I love their defense, but now the focus is, where they got to get the job done, and that's on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think they got enough to get up over the hump with it, even though I love Chubb. I, you know, and I like Odell Beckham Jr., but I just think he's the wrong guy. I think there are other wide receivers. I don't know who was available or even if there are or were some available that they could have went and got. I just don't think it's Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't think that. I don't know why I think that. It's just more in the fact of reputation oh, of a guy same. that is more of a distraction, more so than he is a positive out on the football field. And oh, that can sunny, kill sunny, sunny. a young team that is on the roll of getting better each and every year. I, I couldn't disagree more. Look, when you have an opportunity 
when you have an opportunity to get a once-in-a-generation talent like Odell Beckham Jr., I'm not saying you have to throw the kitchen sink to get him, but for the price that they paid, you, there's, you'd, be, you'd be a fool to say no. You'd be a fool to pass up getting a generational talent like Odell Beckham Jr. Look, sometimes – can I finish, Stephen? Can I finish, Stephen A.? Thank you. Thank you. You'll get your chance to speak. Yeah, Trust Stephen, me. calm down now. But, uh, but you know, sometimes for, for players, all it takes is the change of scenery. Look, you know, his tattoos aren't going to go away. His appearance may not change. But that's all right because if his attitude changes – now that he's in a different place and he's, and he's with guys that he's comfortable with, like a Landry, like a uh, Greedy Williams that they drafted. You know, these are LSU brothers that he's with now. He's got LSU alumni with him in Cleveland. I'm telling you, Sonny, Odell's going to be a different player. You're going to see the difference between who he was I hope so. in New York and who he is going to be in Cleveland. Like I said, he may not change his appearance. He still may have, you know, the uh the blonde dread uh the blonde hair on you know with the with the fade and the blonde mustache. And, and, and obviously <laughs> Yeah. No, no, that's Antonio Brown. Um, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh but uh you know, and, and obviously you can't get rid of tattoos. Like those are you know, those are there to stay. But right but his attitude is different, his positivity is different, or he has positivity compared to what he had in New York. Sonny, that, that, you know, sky's the limit for the Cleveland Browns. I'm telling you right now, if, if they can get that one piece together and get Odell to change his attitude in a positive manner, the sky is the limit for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but and, and it may not happen this year. Can I, they? Think, I think next year. Ne- next year is when it's really going to take off. This year is kind of like the, the test. It's like, the, you know, kind of like a driving test or, 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 you know, you're testing out what you have. But next year, if, if, if everything goes well this year uh, after the test drive, then I think that's when you can buy in on the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't know. I look at Odell Beckham Jr., okay? This is a team in the New York Giants. That agreed to a five-year contract extension, okay, making it worth $95 million, and that's $65 million guaranteed. And Cuervo, they turned his back on him. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know what – I mean, listen, I don't know Eli Manning personally, okay, but he doesn't seem like – he could be the hardest guy to get along with. I mean, I think he's pretty easygoing. I think he's kind of like his brother in that way, which that's a positive for Eli, and I don't talk about positives for Eli Manning whatsoever. But I think Odell Beckham Jr. is very happy not to be receiving the ball from Eli Manning anymore. I completely believe that. I think he's ecstatic. But and I think he's ecstatic that it's Baker Mayfield. I think he is. I think I, I, I can buy into that Cuervo. What I can't or won't until I see it 
is what happens in game number three when he's wide open and they throw the ball to the other side, his buddy Jarvis Landry, instead of hitting him wide open or him thinking it should have went to him instead of somebody else or the tight end or the running back out of the backfield. I am ready. I am ready for the implosion of an Odell Beckham Jr. Because we're talking about a guy, and I've said it on this show before, this guy's got talent beyond everybody. And the only problem this guy has is his attitude. And I just want to know, what has changed so much that his attitude will change? Is it the change of scenery, like you said? Is it the new quarterback? Or is he just, or is the quarterback just one wide open Odell Beckham Jr. pass going to somebody else before it all explodes? And we've seen it happen. Yeah. And that's the only thing I, I worry about. And and I don't, yeah. I I'm not gonna say that the combination of Bra- uh, um, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. won't be successful. I, and it won't be this year because when you get that much of a personality, you don't you don't pick up and say, "Yeah, we're going to be fine." This is something they're going to have to work on, and it's not going to happen during training camp because everything is great in training camp. Everybody's O and O. Everybody's going to make the playoffs. Everybody's going to win the Super Bowl. When they get to mm-hmm. that fifth game and they're one and four or two and two, how old is Beckham Jr. going to ha- handle that situation? That's what. That's where I want to see the growth of this guy before I give him any of that prop before he starts moving. Because until I see the change on the field, which we can't, we can't or won't see until week number one, he is still Odell Beckham Jr., which means he's a pain in the ass, which means that he is the one that's going to be running the show. And that's just out of habit because guess what? The New York Giants let him do it, and they let him run it away over their quote-unquote Hall of Fame quarterback, Cuervo. And, you know, when you when you don't have any respect for a quote-unquote Hall of Fame quarterback, which it's obvious he didn't, how's he going to get up in front of a second-year quarterback that will miss a pass here and there or just miss him completely by throwing it to somebody else? And, and we'll see the growth in this guy. I think it will. I think he will grow. I think those two, but I don't expect it in 2019. You know, uh, Sonny, look, your, your points are very fair. I know there, there, there's a lot of I don't believe it until I see it type stuff, and that's that's yep. fair. I understand that. Uh, I, all I'm saying is that, you know, Odell's a guy, like I said, you know, he, he's a very emotional dude. And that's a lot of receipts, yes. but, um, but I think the whole, like, you know, signing him and then trading him away, that really left a bad taste in his mouth. And, and you know, for, it's, it's a maturity thing. Um, I yes. think that, uh, you know, for Odell, you know, the, I'm going to go back to what you were talking about where, you know, he felt he was open, but they threw it to the other side, uh, uh, point that you made. And that 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 is a growing experience for Odell. He's got to understand. Yes. He's not going to get the ball every time. Okay. He's got to be about the team, and he has to learn that. And and hopefully he has. And I think once yep. he learns that that part, and he learns the team aspect of what it takes to win, 
then I think Odell will go back to being the best receiver in the game. Because right now he's not. Is he still yep. top five? Without a doubt he is. Without a I doubt agree. he's top five. Um, but do I think he's the number one guy? No, I don't. Um, I'm waiting for week that, number three, Cuervo. I'm waiting for week number three. I mean, they get the Titans, they should beat them. I'm sorry, I'll put it out there. I think they're going to beat the Titans week mm-hmm. number one. Week yeah. number two, they got the Jets. I think they're going to beat the Jets, and that's in New York. They're going to beat the Jets. Week number three, mm-hmm. they get their first challenge. They get them at home as well against the Rams. That is the big one. And then they follow okay. it up that's with fair. an AFC North slobber knocker against the Ravens. And so by week number four, we'll see where Odell Beckham Jr. is. Because week number two, week number one and two, he's going to be happy as a lark because they'll be 2-0, and <laughs> and they might have been able to get him the ball. Week number three is where we're going to find out what kind of guy this guy is. And I'm just going to go with experience. I'm just going to go with what it's all about because guess what? You don't change overnight. You don't, it's always the same thing. And what has he shown every single time is who he is. So I, 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 and, and I'll believe in the turn at week number seven or eight, and they are primed to make the playoffs, and he's able to take a back seat to the open guy if it's not him. So we'll, we'll see where Oda, but I want to see it all on on, on uh, paper first. So so I I have the Browns in last place in this division. Cuervo, where, where did you put Cleveland? I put Cleveland third, Sonny, and, and, I, and I'll leave it with this last thought to kind of, I guess, uh, uh, counter or argue what you're, what you're saying. You know, the whole, like, you know, week three against the Rams and all that stuff. Um, oh, I hate, I hate when I lose my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I forgot what, I, damn it. I forgot what I was going to say now. Sonny. this is, this is embarrassing. Hey, hey, um, that's the first oh, time oh, you're I getting old, my friend. Oh, there it is. There I, it is. I remember now. I remember now. Okay. What I'm going to say to you, because the whole, like, you know, get mad if he doesn't get the ball thing. What I will say to you is that there is a difference between being a diva and just being flat out competitive. And okay. we have to under we have to understand the difference between the two. Okay? Getting frustrated because you don't get the ball when you're like triple covered, that's just being a diva. But when the team does not succeed or they they had a chance to score and it just didn't happen for whatever reason and he's pissed off about that's just plain competitiveness Mm -hmm. because you know that was about the team you know fighting for the lead in a game right there's nothing diva about that and I think people misunderstand the difference between the two anytime they see a receiver throwing a tantrum or, or get an emotional, they automatically go to, oh, he's being a diva. But let's, let's take a second to, to look at, okay, well, what's the situation? Well, you know, they were at the goal line and they couldn't score on fourth and goal. And it might not have been because 
oh, he didn't throw the ball to me. It might have just been because they didn't score and they lost an opportunity to keep the lead. That's just competitiveness, buddy. And, and for, for Odell, when he finds himself in those situations, we're going to come to this conversation and we're going we're gonna to ask ourselves, okay, was that something deeper or was that the competitiveness in Odell? going to be a big question when it, when and if it happens. That, that will It'll be a determining factor on where he's going to be. Hey, Cuervo, have you ever heard of the expression, sometimes things work out exactly the way you plan? I have. I wonder what you're referring Guess to. Guess what? I'm referring to we got five minutes left to go in the show, and I did this on purpose believe it or not. And I, we didn't have to necessarily stretch it. We just always do because we're just that good. And I just kind of know where, what direction we will go into. And especially with Steel City Online, I knew we were going to go in the line. That means those that want to know who I have in uh, second and third place and Cuervo second and fourth place, you're going to have to listen to overtime because that's where we're going. Cuervo, you got time in overtime? Uh, I've got about a solid 15 minutes. All right, so we're going to solid 15 minutes. We'll tease it. So we'll do this. We're going to keep the solid 15 minutes, bring Cuervo in it. So uh, Cuervo has Cleveland in third. I have him in last. I'm going to go to my team and that I think is going to end up in third place in this division. And I'm going to shock you, Cuervo, because I know who you got last. Okay. It's your team that is going to be in is going to be in second place. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens, I've been watching a lot of things about it because one thing, and Cuervo, I got a bad problem, and I know I'm horrible at it. And I, and I know I know I am a – a victim of being old school. I've been accused of being too old school for my own good. Um, and I just see Lamar Jackson as being not enough old school. And listen, in today's football, in today's quarterback, you don't have to have a lot of new old school in you, but you got to have some. And my problem that I have, and, and I watched a lot of film. I've listened to all kinds of people talk about how great he is with the triple option, which I didn't know he had. I guess I just learned something because when I did this, I did this on Monday. I was watching, and I learned about the triple option of what this guy's all about. And uh, Lamar Jackson, I looked at this football team. I want to pick Lamar Jackson to be in second place in this division. I want to do that. I just can't do it. So, first of the reason why he doesn't even have a full season under his belt. Second of all, he is not the prototypical quarterback that wins football games and are successful. And I don't like newbies coming in like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson trying to change the NFL, you know, to a running football quarterback, which we got a lot of them. Let's be honest. And Sonny is very, very, I don't want to take that risk on those guys because guess what? They end up like RG3, who happens to be backing up Lamar Jackson, and they're hurt, and they get hurt. So I looked at Lamar Jackson, knowing what he can do, I just know, as I looked in the games that he played, 
and there were some deficiencies that I worry about if you're a if you are a Raider a Ravens fan. And the, and the deficiency is is this guy has not thrown for over 200 yards in all the games that he's played. Okay, um, eight passes in a home off, uh, a home playoff game, 27 carries in one game. That actually happens to be a record. And you know, th- th- this is going to be the the thing that I look at. He has to get it done with two tight ends. Because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the personnel out on the football field as far as wide receivers, uh, Quavo. I'm not impressed. I do like their tight ends, but I don't see quarterbacks. You know, unless they are in a traditional professional quarterback set that gets that much success from a tight end. If a guy like a Lamar Jackson leans on a tight leans on a tight end. He happens to have two of them, so in reality he has four wide receivers. I don't think that's good for Lamar Jackson. So I, I, I know. I think I, I think I know you got the Baltimore Ravens in second. What do you think about Lamar Jackson? Where he's going to help or uh, be, a, or maybe am I wrong? Do you have the Ravens in last place? No, no. I have the I have the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in last, and I have the Ravens in second. Uh, Ravens in second. Yep. Yeah, my my thought on Lamar Jackson, I think I think he can be a very dynamic player. Uh I just think he needs to be more balanced, you know, because uh we all know what he can do with his feet. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the game already. And um you know, it's hard to stop those type of uh, guys, but right. At the same time, at the same time, Sonny, um you know, you can't win all the time using your legs. You got to be able to use your head and use your hands, your arms, and, and that's what he's going to have to learn. Is that, you know, this isn't college, dude. You know, just running all over the field is, is not always going to work. You have to, right. you have to be, you have to be a cerebral type quarterback, meaning using your head and um, know how to read defenses make the right throws, and allow the receivers to work for you instead of you running around trying to do all of the work. There's a difference right. between the two. So that's that's what he's going to have to learn over time is that he can't he doesn't have to do it all by himself like he did when he was in college. Make make the receivers work for you. Get them involved. Right. You know, right. You know, make, get them in positions to make plays – and they'll, they're going to go out there and they're going to get it done. You just got to get right. them in position and put them in opportunities to do so. How much of a impact do you think Earl Thomas will have on this football team? I mean, we, we talked about, you know, him being part of the Legion of Bungholes. He's not my favorite guy, but I'm not going to deny the talent as well. You know, I didn't even do that with Sherman. I won't deny the talent. I deny the attitude. This is the right place for him for that attitude, though, Cuervo. I never thought Seattle was the right place because they had two other guys that were bigger, you know, in attitude in reality. Him going to the Baltimore Ravens now I think is actually a good thing for him, and I think he can stand out. What do you think the impact of an Earl Thomas is going to be on this defense? Little to none, Sonny. And it's not because I don't like it's not because I don't like Earl Thomas, because I do like Earl Thomas. But I think there are 
different things that factor into it. First of all, he's coming off a big-time injury, okay? So I want to see where he's at health-wise, all right? That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. Number two, obviously he's older now, so he's probably lost a step. And he's not he's not as, as impact of a player as he used to be. Uh so I just I wanna see, you know, how fast he can get to the football. And yep. number three has to adjust. Yeah, he has to adjust and, and, and number three, I think Seattle was the better place for him just because of the environment that he was in with a guy like a Pete Carroll, energetic and and you know, brought it everything. I don't see that with John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is extremely mellow, total opposite of Pete Carroll. Earl Thomas is not that type of guy. So it, that's why I think I think it's too mellow for a place like like uh, for a guy like an Earl Thomas to play in. If if he was to go, oh gosh, now I got to put the thinking cap on. Who is the head coach? Okay, if he went to the Rams, Sonny, he'd be a stud. If he had Sean McVay's as head coach, he'd be a stud. Because How about the, the Dallas attitude? Cowboys? Because the Cowboys were going after him. What about the Cowboys? No, I, I don't. The only the only good thing about him going to Dallas would have been because he's close to home. Because I think he's from Texas. I know he played there, but I, yeah. I don't remember if Texas. he's actually from there or not. Texas. Um, yeah. So he's close to home. So that's that's the event. But playing for a guy like Jason Garrett, no. I, I, I don't I don't think it would have worked out too well. I agree, 100%. I just think he's he's the type of player he needs to feed off of, uh, you know, between the head coach and, and the other players around him. And that's why it worked so well in Seattle between Pete Carroll and, and, and all the personalities you had with Sherman and, 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 and uh, Cam Chancellor and all those guys. That's why they gelled so well and they were so successful because the high motors that they all had, you don't you don't see that with Baltimore. Now, that being said, if if we're talking ten years ago, Earl Thomas coming to the Baltimore Ravens with a Ray Lewis and yeah. a Ed Reed, oh man, game over. Like Earl So you're Thomas worried about been, him being the leader because let's be honest, he's gonna be the he's just gonna be anointed the defensive leader just because of who he is. Well, yeah, that and, you know, C.J. Mosley leaving, Terrell Suggs leaving. Yep, um, Suggs gone. You know, so, yeah, those guys, those those, those cornerstone guys uh, are gone now. So who, who steps in and becomes that, that number? It could have been Eric Weddle, but they chose to let him walk. And now he's in. he's with the Rams. Um, so Earl Thomas is going to have to step in and, and be the. I just don't. I don't know if it's going to work, Sonny. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to fit the type of player that Earl Thomas is. So that's why I say it's going to be little to no impact. Well, they got a good offensive coordinator in Greg Roman. Okay, it's the same kind of quarterback for Colin Kaepernick, by the way. Yeah. Both yep. that don't know. So that is huge. I'll give them that for Lamar Jackson. They got the right coach, I think. Okay, obviously, listen, you can say whatever you want about Colin Kaepernick, and I don't want to talk about his politics because I could give a rip about his politics. Okay, but when that guy was at where he was at, the guy who was helping leading them there was Greg Roman, and that's the kind of guy that he's going to need because he's going to have to make those moves on the run like Colin Kaepernick did. So 
they got the right coach. I think that is a huge thing because let's be honest, when you look at Lamar Jackson, he's just a younger version of a Michael Vick. Okay, but guess what? This game has changed between Michael Vick and where Lamar Jackson is, okay? So he's going to have to develop a throwing arm, Cuervo, and I'm not seeing it right now. Now, will he develop into being a better passer? Absolutely, because that's where you get Greg Roman in it as well, because he will make him a better passer than where he is now. But the simple fact of the matter is only eight passes in the first half of a playoff game that, you know, that killed them, and they could have won that game if they would have spread the offense a little bit more. So I, I'm under the firm belief that they got a good coach for this guy. They're just going to have to sell him down and make sure he doesn't take off with his leg and end up like RG3, hurt all the time, and only being replaced with the guys hurt all the time, which is RG3, which is another story. That's the backup, and that tells you they're sold on this offense. And guess what? There's no midseason adjustments because they don't have the guy to get it done. And that could, that could hurt them as well. So I looked at that, and that's the reason why I had, um, in third place, I had the Baltimore Ravens. And I want them to be in second. Just to let you know, for the record, I want them to be second. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. You know, I don't know if Mar- or Lamar Jackson, Jackson is a fluke or a flunky. He's either one. And uh, we'll find out, I think, in this year. Because guess what? As you said it earlier before, Cuervo, the sophomore slump, it's real. And we'll find out if whether or not someone can get over it in the sophomore year in Lamar Jackson. So that leads me to the team that I got in second. But, Cuervo, I'm going to let you go because I don't know how much time you have. So I'm going to let you jump on the Cincinnati Bengals. You have the Cincinnati Bengals in last place in this division. Hop on it. Go with it. Yes, I mean, they, they stink. Bottom line, I mean, they have they have done nothing to improve their roster. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, I mean, they still have AJ Green, they still have Andy Dalton, and that's great and all. What else have they done to improve their roster? Um, you know, I think they drafted, uh, who was it that they drafted? They drafted a, a lineman, I believe, offensive lineman. Um, so, yeah, that's, and that's good. His name, his last, it, it's Williams at the number 11 position. His last name's Williams. Yeah. So, so that's good. You know, you, you get, you get Andy Dalton some more protection. Um, but you know, again, this is a this is another team with a brand new head coach. Oh, Cuervo! Uh, but guess what? In case you didn't know, is Jonah Williams, and he is going to be out for the whole 2019 season. Oh well, well there goes that torn pack, right? uh, torn pectoral. Oh, that's awful. But yeah, so so they won't even have their rookie first round draft pick to help you know, make an impact on the team. So that, that, <laughs> wow. Talk about bad luck for, for a team. Yeah. What, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So, I mean, you can't even factor that in. So that's more of an argument on why I've got the Bengals finishing last. I just, it's a bad roster. There's really no, the only impact player that you're really getting on this team is AJ Green. And, and the guy can only do so much as a wide receiver. So, um, you know, I, I don't see anything too positive about the Cincinnati Bengals. I do. I see one big one. And it, it, it's about the, the chemistry of this whole football team. They do not have Lewis as the head coach of this football team. 
Cuervo, I don't think any of you or I would deny that this was a good football team at one point in the last three to four years. I think you would put them right there, right behind the Pittsburgh Steelers in reality. And the simple fact of the matter is this is a football team that got out of their way to keep uh, Ray Lewis's – or not Ray um, – um, what's his first name? Um, Marvin. That, what? Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis, thank you. I couldn't, it couldn't come to my head. And so the fact that they get rid of a Marvin Lewis and they got a fresh attitude and they still have the talent. Now, Cuervo, you're right. The big loss. You you go ahead, you get Jonah Williams at your number 11 spot. Listen, this team hasn't had much luck with their first-round draft pick as Billy Price last year. He was the 21st pick. Had a foot injury, missed six games. Back in 2017, wide receiver John Ross, he was the number nine pick, missed nine, uh, 13 games. Um, and then 2016 cornerback uh, William Jackson, pick number 24, he missed the whole season with the pec as well. And in 2015, um, the tight end Cedric um, uh, Obihi, uh, pick number 21, he missed 11 games because of a knee. That, I mean, if it wasn't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all with their first-round draft picks, and it, it's continuing into this year. And I think this is where you have to change your whole attitude. You have the same thing happening. How are they going to react of losing their big-time loss at the left tackle? Because obviously they got him to protect Andy Dalton, so you're going to have to figure that out. So you lose him, you know, Zach Taylor from the, from the Rams. So they're trying to obviously change the, the landscape of what they're all about. Um, but let's be honest, Cuervo, I, I think they're just missing – I think they're missing attitude because you look at, um, at uh, Mixon, that guy just has to stay healthy. A.J. Green needs to stay healthy. Carl, uh, um, Carl Lawson, defensive uh, end, torn ACL last year. Um, uh, Tyler Effort missed 12 games last year. Dalton missed five games. A.J. Green missed seven. Um, and John Ross needs to step up. So there's some things that I think they can do, but I think they still got the guy in Geno Atkins. So I think they have all the talent. Now I think they can put it together with a right coach. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes you just need a change in atmosphere. And I think that's a huge flip-flop as well as far as the head coaching is concerned. Yeah, I mean, it, it, could, it could work either way, Sonny. It could either work in a really positive way and, and you know, the Bengals turn into a team that's, that's clicking, like, on all cylinders at the start of the season. They start 4-0 or something like that, and everybody's feeling good and, and whatnot. Or it could be the other way around. They could start off 0-4 and, questioning if firing Marvin Lewis was the right move, which no matter what, the answer is yes. I'm sorry. Yes. They could go 0-16 yeah, this year, Sonny. The answer was yes. The answer was it yes. It should have happened right in 2009. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. We, we've had that argument so many times. But, um, <laughs> you know, either way, uh, no matter what happened for the Bengals this year, they had to let Marvin Lewis go. I mean, it was time for a change. You, you know, you can't – can't, you know, you plead insanity when you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So Absolutely. I think the Bengals, the Bengals did the right thing. They went and they, um, you know, moved in a different direction, the head coach. And, and we're going to find out, like, you know, 
Did they not necessarily if it was the right move to fire Marvin Lewis? Did they hire Did they hire the right guy to replace Marvin Lewis? That is going to be the question. Absolutely. So, so I I think that's you know a, a, a real interesting where we're at in this division. We both have. Pittsburgh winning the division. I have Cincinnati in second, Baltimore in third, Cleveland last. Cuervo has Pittsburgh, and he has the Ravens in second, with Cleveland in third and Cincinnati in fourth. This will be a real interesting division of football, Cuervo. I I love it. So um, I think we got up underneath your uh, time limit. Um, So um, I'm not sure how long you'll hang. I'll just assume you'll hang as long as you can. Um, but I got to go through my other revelation before you go, Cuervo. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, okay. are you ready for the other revelation that I was going to bring to you here? Oh boy. Let's hear. All right. Let's hear Sunny. All right. Let's hit the button. It is Sunday. It is time for the Carolina Panthers to fire their head coach and trade. Cam Newton for anybody. You too, thank you. Trade him for anybody. Get a different coach. The problem with the Panthers isn't because they're not a good football team. I'm telling you right now, Rivera's the problem. I'm telling you right now, Cam Newton's the problem. Why am I saying this? Sonny, have you lost your mind? Yes, I have, but I'm going to tell you what it is. This is a guy. Cam Newton is the cancer. I'm going to tell you the reason why. This guy refuses to wear the same clothing. He goes out of his way not to make sure he wears the same thing at the pregame walk-in and the post-game. And so this guy is more worried about his look than he is about playing football. And I'm telling you, that's a problem. And here's the other reason why Riviera's got to go, because he's allowing it. This kind of crap is the reason why the Carolina Panthers suck. And it's because of these two. Because these two are so butt-kissing happy with each other. Um, They they are the problems of this team. So Rivera's got to go. Cam Newton, why don't you go out and get well, uh, Minnesota quarterback, go, go get Kirk Cousins, for God's sake. He'll get you to the playoffs. Wow. Okay. I, 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 I can't say that I'm surprised. I cannot say that because <laughs> I'm not surprised. You, Sonny, you've been expressing so much hate. Not hate, but frustration with the Panthers. You know, in times like this, I really wish that Tarvin was here because yeah, I'd really I, I, be that's why I tried to warn him to I was going to go on off on it, and he didn't show up, so he's getting it in overtime. Oh, very well. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Tarvin, buddy, listen, if you're Cam listening, Newton, uh, Cam I Newton couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. He's not accurate. He sucks. <laughs> and so does Riviera. I'm telling you right now, Gambling Ron or whatever the hell they get, Riverboat Ron, he's got to go. I'm, I'm telling you right now because he allows this kind of crap on his football team, and I didn't think he ever would, Cuervo. We're talking about a tough knock 
guy on the defensive side of the ball, letting his quarterback parade out around like a little wussy. Uh, I'm worried about not wearing the same tie two weeks in a row. Crap. This is, the, you see, the focus is not on football. It's about image. And until they get a quarterback that can change that attitude, he is going to be the problem. And Riviera allows it, and they need to change the culture. The Panthers, firing today. Trade Cam Newton. Get your crappy backup quarterback, and he'll do better for you in this division of football, which, by the way, the NC South, is open except for the new for the uh, for the Saints, right, Cuervo? All the other teams, they're they're mediocre. You have a chance of making the wild card. Go get a crap quarterback like a Kirk Cousins. Make the trade and get rid of them. They have a better chance of making the playoffs without Cam Newton than they do with it. That's so crazy, Sonny. That is so crazy. <laughs> I believe oh, it, man. and you know I believe it. No, I, I definitely do. I definitely know that. I definitely think you do believe it. Because, like I said, oh. it's, it's something you've been saying for a while now. I didn't take it to this no. point. I didn't take no, it, I didn't no, take this it was to a, this point where they have to get rid of both of them before they even get into training camp. They're about ready to walk into training camp. Yeah. Make the changes now while you have a snowball chance in hell of making a playoff spot. Because with those two walking into camp, you don't. Yeah, no, I mean, this is the first time you've gotten on your soapbox about it, so. <laughs> um, but you know what? I enjoy it, Sonny. It's it's good entertainment. I appreciate the uh, the rant. That's it's a, yeah. a good way to uh, bring an end to the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm fired up now, man. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> Who else wants to get in my way? I, I, <laughs> oh, I'll back off. Oh, I'm good. I can't I'm wait. Good. I can't wait, Cuervo, because guess what next week is? It's the AFC and NFC West, and I've got some more revelations coming. Mm. Sounds good, mm. Tony. I think I might have one up my sleeve, too. I think Ooh, I might have one I up my sleeve, too. Wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock the world. I am going to shock the world. And my hint is NFC West and you got four teams that make me think about what the shock is. So don't think about the obvious. Think about the shock. This one's going to be good. I can't wait. So, but I'm keeping it under wraps until then. So it's, it's I, I, I'm excited. I think I know where you're going with this. I think <laughs> I know. If I know Sonny Clark, I know where you're going with this. All right. This is what you'll do. You'll type it in a messenger, and I won't open up okay. the messenger, and then we'll find – not now, but the, the next week. And then we'll find out if you're right. Well, if you wanted to do it now, you're more than welcome to. But um, but we could do it next week, and I won't even look at messenger. I'll just keep the uh, the uh, switchboard up and uh, go to my notes because my actually all my notes are hand done. They're on paper. I don't I don't do it on computer because I hate that. Um, I want to be able to see it, what I'm writing. So, so, so we'll do that next week. NFC, AFC, West. Big time stuff mm-hmm. happening here. This is gonna be fun. This, and, 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 but I, I got some things to say about the NFC uh, or the AFC West as well. 
maybe not so dramatic, but I think I think I could shock you. I think I can make. I I think I can surprise you. Yeah, yeah, probably. Knowing you, Sonny, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. I'm probably be a little. I'll probably be a little surprised at something you say. The funny thing about it is, is I'm. I can get within seventy percent of my crazy predictions right, and something tells me I'm. I think I'm on to something. <laughs> I think I'm on to something. So, are you at your final destination or where you need to be at Cuervo? I am now, Sonny. Yes. Kind of figured you were pulling up. I don't even know how I knew that. It's that 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 telepathy I we got going on. Right. You heard the emergency brake. My my car is. Is Emmanuel. that what I heard? I I, I knew I yeah. heard something. So, um, yeah. But uh, good emergency break. Good, good stuff. So that means he's here. So uh, we got him. Just in, in case you want to jump on it, do you want to talk about Tyreek Hill before you're walking out? Um. Yeah. So we want to talk about a guy that that should be counting his blessings right now. Tyreek Hill is that guy. He's a cat. His NFL lives. He's got got nine of them. Yeah, this guy's got nine lives. This guy, this guy on any other football team is out of there. He's out of there. But he's a cat in Kansas City, baby. Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. Unbelievable. What do you got to do? Incredible. What do you got to do as an NFL football player in Kansas City for them to say, you know what, that's enough? <laughs> Evidently, it's not beating up your kid. I, I, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Kansas City's turning into the Dallas Cowboys square vote. I'm telling you, they they are turning From into the, the Dallas Cowboys of the AFC side. Talking about the Cowboys from the nineties, where they let people get yeah. away with all kinds of crazy stuff. Yes. Oh, even even today. I mean, you know, the Kansas City convicts. I mean, my God, what do you got to do not to be a football player on that team? I mean, you could be the biggest scumbag on the face of this earth. Which, by the way, I'm not pushing bad things on scumbags. They got talent, but I, I I'm I'm a firm believer you got to be able to deserve it. And, and I'm sorry, Tyreek Hill has used his First, second, third, fourth, fifth chance, or however how many they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It's, it's to me, it's one of those things, Sonny, where, um, you know, that they, they, it should teach you to just kind of, just be, be careful. Okay. All right. So. I'll let you, yes, you, you can drop Cuervo. I yes. know you're at where you're at. All right, Sonny. All right, you take care. Right. Enjoy the, re- or you enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, you yeah, I'm gonna I go off because I, I got a couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it in the chat with what I think your crazy revelation is gonna be. You said it's within the NFC West, right? I, it is within the AFC West or NFC West. Uh, yes, correct. Sonny, you think you're slick? I know exactly what you're gonna say. <laughs> I am Sonny, Sonny, when you had too much to drink, what <laughs> happens to you the next morning? How do you feel? I got a hangover usually for three days. Yeah, so. and that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
<laughs> oh, I can't wait to see if he's right. Uh, but you won't know until next week, everybody. So um, that's square vote. I'm going to continue on because i got some things to say because there's been some news that, you know, uh, I've wanted to talk about. I've actually just wanted to start a show and just hadn't been able to because it's just they don't call me the hardest working man in sports radio for a reason. Okay. So that having been said, the Eagles signed Darren Sproles. How about that? How about that? Friday afternoon, they go ahead and they bring him back. Interesting stuff there, guys. I'm very interested to see what happens here. That whole thing, um, they're looking for dependability. And they don't have it with their quarterback, but they, they'll get it with him. Darren Sproles is probably the most – he is the guy that you can depend upon every single year until he decides to hang him up. This guy has no quit in him. So that is huge. Huge stuff. Um, so watch out for that. That that That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Now – the Oakland Raiders, they go ahead, they got they got Caesars on board, they're gonna build the beautiful stadium. Watch out. So huge stuff there in Las Vegas. Good, bad, or indifferent. I I don't know. You know, you know, I think what has happened is that a norm has been set, a precedent has been set that it's it's acceptable to gamble. And, and you can't tell me that these guys, and, and I'm not saying they're gambling on their own team or whatever the case, or to take the dive, but I think there's gambling going on. $1.9 billion for the stadium in Las Vegas. $1.9 bill. And you know it's going to be more than that because it's Las Vegas. Okay? It's going to be more than, it's going to be $2.5 billion. Because they just won't be able to get out of the way. So, uh, lots of stuff going on. So, there have been there have been some things that are going on in the NFL that I think should be really interesting. And I want to go to a young man, former Tennessee Titan All-Pro defensive lineman Albert Haynes. He has recovered enough to receive a transplant outside a hospital as he searched for a new kidney. He's looking to find a new family for the potential of the kidney donor. Um, I never did like this guy. Not for a moment. The stomping episode, I, I just, you know, I just thought he was a punk. I'm actually feeling a little bit sorry for this guy. I don't even know why. Got all the money in the world. Um, but I think this is just a case where he just goes to show, no matter how much money you got, you got to make sure everything's working. I actually feel sorry for this guy. But it should be interesting. Uh, huge. By the way, a Missouri man has been fined $500 for appointing a laser at New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady during the AFC Championship with the Kansas City Chiefs in, Jan- in January. 
Does it matter? Interesting. I, I you know, I didn't realize it was against law. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if because they're worried. I know there's a problem with lasers and eyes, and I get that. Um, I, so, but five hundred bucks. Find them five hundred bucks. Pointing the laser. I mean, I don't know if it means anything. We're gonna find out. But I want to get to what I wanted to talk about a little bit in o- overtime. By the way, just to let you know, before I get to what I wanted to talk about in overtime, the the Atlanta Falcons. They did the right thing here. They agreed to a four-year, $57 million contract with uh, Deion Jones. Is a big-time, big-time signing. So watch out for that. Uh, $35 million guaranteed. So that means he's, got, he's really in reality on a uh, two-year contract. He, it's about $17 million. That's what it really is. So, but that hasn't been said. I love Baker Mayfield because I, and I go back because I have them finishing last in the division. And I wanted to talk about this because this is more, not today's football. This is more of what happened before. Baker Mayfield says right now, he has no plans for apologizing for how he treated his former head coach, Hugh Jackson. After Jackson went to the Cincinnati Bengals after being fired by Cleveland last year, he's like, I'm not I, I'm gonna stand by what he said. Now guys, understand with understand. Mayfield said this. He says, I'm not gonna lie to you and say that the first time I played Hugh I didn't feel good. It's just human nature and I wanted to get revenge. I, I, and guys, Mayfield goes on and says, I said what I meant. Don't stand up in front of us the week before and try to tell us that you're doing everything for us, then go take a job with a team that you play twice a year in one year. It's one, he, he says, it was one of the honesty and respect things. It's one of those honesty and respect things. So parts of me agrees 100% with Baker Mayfield. All right, I'll even give him 75%. The other 25% is is that Hugh Jackson has always been kind of looked upon as a pretty respectful dude. A lot of people have respect for Hugh Jackson. And, And not only that, you say whatever you want about Oakland, they say screwed him over in Oakland. Yeah, I don't need to repeat it. You can go back, Google Google Hugh Jackson and Oakland Raiders. You you'll see what happened. The Raiders just took this guy out. But Baker, Baker Mayfield seems to like what's going on. Kitchens, I don't know. Going to be interesting how they handle all that stuff. But is Baker Mayfield's power of holding a grudge of good things. Because, yeah, I don't know. And Jackson just says, Baker's going to be Baker. He was disappointed that he left uh, and went to a team within the same division. 
Um, I can take a look at Hugh Jackson and say, I'm taking a job. I need, you know, hey, I got bills to pay. And if it's in the same division, so be it. Now, that didn't necessarily work out very well. But I I don't know. I, it, to me, it seems like Baker Mayfield threw a lot of heat on it. And it's not just about him going to the same division team. It's not. I, I, I can't see it. So I want to know what it is. Will we ever find out? I don't know. Baker is going to move on for it. He's not even going to answer the question for any fool like me that are going to say, hey, Baker, what went on, man? Hey, come on. Just, just, just let us know. Baker's going to be okay with keeping that to himself because sometimes you need to have a drive to do something. Sometimes you got to be able to feel good about something uh, that happened. Maybe getting rid of them, just turn that whole organization around. And you can say whatever you want. Are they a better football team without Hugh Jackson? The result is what it is. So it will be really interesting. But here's what I'll say. If Baker Mayfield does fall on his face, Hugh Jackson is going to have a lot to say. Good, better, and different. I think someone will ask him, and he'll, he'll just take it, and he'll grab that mic, and he'll go on. Now, Hugh Jackson's not known to do that. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he'll just let it lie and be done with it. Listen, you know, that, that's water under the bridge. We're not going there anymore. But something tells me. You know, not that Hugh Jackson um, – is a king of revenge because obviously he didn't do anything about the Oakland deal. I think he's just ready to say, you know what? I told you so. There's something about Hugh Jackson. No, listen, he's never done anything for me to think that, but I think there's always a first time for something. Good, better, and different. I always think there's a time for something like that. So does it happen to where a coach will hold the grudge? I think so. I think so. So, uh, some of those things. Just some of the uh, other news that's out there. Julio Jones is reporting to Falcons camp. Okay. Highest profile player this guy, this team has. Okay. And here's the thing. Julio Jones doing the right thing, wrong thing, I don't know. Him holding out good, better, and different. But right now, he's attached to the extension that he signed in 2015. It's the reason why he's showing up. Could he go ahead and go rogue and say, screw this, I'm not going to be there? So Sonny Clark has to admit I was <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Sonny Clark was <coughs> wrong about maybe the Terrell Owens influence. If you remember a few months back, those guys were doing a lot of yakking together. But the Falcons, they go ahead, they sign Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones to their extension. Both are now under contract through 2022. Julio Jones, at this point, It's still up under contract, but not gotten the extension that they need to. 
because there appears to be a quote-unquote a considerable ground to cover before a deal can be done, okay? And we all know, in reality, what it's about. Okay, and with the money... And listen, the the Atlanta Falcons are playing a very, very, very touch and go, you know, thing here. Listen, when you're looking at a football team and you look at the Atlanta Falcons, you have to ask the question: Who's more valuable, Matt Ryan or Julio Jones? I think they're making a huge mistake in Atlanta by not satisfying this young guy on the contract extension. Now, it's well within their rights. Listen, I got this guy under contract. He signed back in 2015. Guy needs to shut up. We made him the highest play player at the time. Now he's pissed off that he's not now. Screw him. He's under contract. That's a surefire way of losing him. And again, who do you want to lose? Do you want to lose Matt Ryan or do you want to lose Julio Jones? tells me that they better be worried about losing to Julio Jones. So watch out. The Broncos wide receivers court is the biggest question mark in 2019 for the Broncos. Guys, you got to look at it. Emmanuel Sanders, 32 years old coming off an Achilles. Denver hopes that they can get Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton to continue with the progression. But, guys, let's be honest. They're not number one, number two. We're going to talk about the AFC, and, my God, if you are Joe Flacco, you're going, what the hell are we doing here? Are you going to give me anybody to throw the freaking football to? Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, come on now. The simple fact of the matter is, is, is that Joe Flacco can we talk? needs to have a talk. Listen, Joe Flacco is a franchise quarterback. They got him. Now, what have the Denver Broncos not been doing for the last three or four years, five years, is have a quarterback, they get it. And now they're not going to give them anything to throw the ball to? Come on. Jeez. I mean, come on now. I, 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 I don't know, It just drives me nuts. I mean, listen. It's time for a John Elway to have his ass driven out, driven out of Denver. What the hell? Listen, you've done everything, you got everything, but you get Joe Flacco, but you don't give him a weapon. Give him one. Do something. The Denver Broncos are not going to return to anything that looks like glory or or any kind of, you know, Super Bowl championship until they do the right thing. 
And right now, we're not seeing that from John Elway. We're going to talk about that next week when we talk to AFC West. And it's pathetic. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a Joe Flacco guy. But I look at what they did at the quarterback position. You want to talk about a freaking upgrade. You did it. But the rest of it? Okay. They go get Way. Jamarius Way. Okay. They're working on trying to get assigned by Juwan Winfrey. Okay, undrafted free agent. Come on, guys. Trinity Benson? Come on. Pathetic move by the Denver Broncos if they want to start winning in this division of football. One of the toughest division in football. Look at, at the AFC West. You have the Chargers. You, you know, a good football team. You have Kansas City. You know, the convicts. Okay, they're a good football team. Oakland, if the, if the head coach gets his head out of his ass, they, they can have a good football team. And Derek Carter needs to find a new football team. I'm telling you right now. The Carolina Panthers need to go get their car. And that, my friends, is something that needs to happen. So, 49ers they have not had a high draft pick hold out of training camp since the new CBA. And that was back in 2011. But the 2019 overall, Nick Bosa and 36 uh, pick uh, Debo Samuels have yet signed their rookie deals. Why? You guys are just get the just give them the money, especially the Chargers. Don't do anything for a team to get you know some bad feelings about you. Give them the money. Besides, they can only get so much. Just give them some guaranteed money. Shut them up. Nick Post is going to be a badass. So just know going in, give him his money. Because Kansas City can't be in the place where they're not doing things right. Really, it's really stupid. And you think about it. You talk about what's going on as far as a football team, as far as the NFC, there's some big-time stuff. By the way, Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner should get an extension before this season. I want to tell you right now, if the, if, if the Seattle Seahawks do not do this, this could be an ugly, ugly season for Seattle maybe. We'll be giving up a lot of points. So we'll watch for that, and it could be the difference on how they are. Don't piss Bobby Wagner off. Bobby Wagner's a badass. In fact, I think he's the baddest of all of those guys that were on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think he's a legion of bungholes. I think he's a legion of a badass. Legion of badass. L-O-B. L-O-B, not L-O-D. L-O-B. 
badass. Not bunghole, badass. So watch out. Um, so you got a lot of stuff going on there. Joe Flacco, you know, Vic, uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, listen, going to have to put unproven football players out on the football field, and that's not good for, for a guy like Joe Flacco. I'm sorry. It's just not. They need to change that. They need to get that done. So, interestingly enough, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens over in the West. We'll be talking about those. By the way, the Chiefs need to figure out Chris Jones. That's a defensive tackle that they've been trying to sign to an extension. Looks like Jones has already skipped the minicamp as a result to the contract situation, and he may hold out the first part of training camp. I wonder how much that's going to cost him, but he might do it anyway. He has to report by August 6th in order to remain eligible as an unrestricted free agent for next year. So the, the, the Chiefs know that he's going to be in camp come August 6th. But you better make the guy happy if you want to keep him on your football team because if you go to August 6th, I'm going to tell you right now, Chris Jones gone. And it's really simple. Sometimes you have to go ahead and eat some crow if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And sometimes you're just going to have to just spread the wealth, show a little, or it's going to be a problem for you. And they're running into that. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the good thing for them. Not at all. And if they don't fix that and fix it quick, that's good. It's, gonna, it's going to show out on the football field. Guaranteed. So watch out for that. You know, I can't wait to talk about them. But, you know, say what you want. I don't know. I can't wait. I, I mean, the, by the way, just to let you know, if Joe Flacco goes down, they got Drew Locke behind him. Now, so what you want about him over there in Denver? You know, may, you know, if something happens, if Joe Flacco goes down, we won't see him again, period. He'll be done, and he'll be on. And, and Joe Flacco needs this. They need to have a guy to get down there and get the job done. What do you got to do in Kansas City not to be on the team? One of them is evidently you can beat the crap out of your kids, beat the shit out of your kids. You can be a football player in Kansas City. Yes, I've got a problem with it. Yes, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs should be better than this. Uh, and and I and I, just to put it out there, I don't know how much Andy Reid has to do with it, but Andy Reid, can you even just step up and say the right thing? Say, get this fool off my football team. Do you have enough stones to get that to do that? Can you do that? I don't think you did. Listen, Andy Reid's a good football coach. 